Captain's Log, Stardate 76036.2. I'm Captain Britton. And I'm Captain Spencer. And I'm Gul Pat. These are the voyages of the Starship Soyager, our ongoing mission. To seek out new Trek episodes, and to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based. And to boldly go where, where no wrath has gone before. Welcome to the bridge. This is Soy Trek. The show where three Trekkies this week ask themselves on a weekly basis, how many kids does Kirk actually have? Mm. <laughs> but before we get into that, let's get into let's <laughs> uh wait, we're supposed to talk about something else, aren't we? What are we here to do today? Oh, oh yeah, today. <laughs> Today, uh, today we're going to talk about um, uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. From 1982. Yes. From uh, 1982, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but before we get into that, let's see what's new in the world of Star Trek. We got Trek news for you. This week in Trek news, Alex Kurtzman has reconfirmed two new Star Trek series are in development. Oh, yeah. This week at San Diego Comic-Con on a Star Trek panel, Alex Kurtzman revealed that Star Trek fans can expect two more shows in the near future. In response to a question from a deaf fan on deaf representation in Star Trek, Kurtzman responded, It's a terrific idea, and it's definitely something that will take into the next two Star Trek shows that we are currently developing. But mm. the person who asked the question didn't understand because they're deaf. <laughs> I mean, it is definitely something they're going to be working <laughs> on. Oh, shit. Got him. Wow. Yeah, you did get him. <laughs> uh, we're not sure if uh, these are the previously mentioned Starfleet Academy in Section 131 uh, shows, which were said to be in early production as far back as four years ago. But recently, Jerry Ryan, who plays Seven of Nine, has hinted she'd be interested in doing a Star Trek show based around her character. And Kate Mulgrew, uh, who played Captain Janeway and is currently on Star Trek Prodigy, has also hinted at a return to live action. Wow. I kind of yeah. wouldn't want to, like, a, like a, a new Seven show. Like, I don't like her. No, she's, she's fine enough. She's on, she's basically the star of Picard. Yeah. Or is just a dodding old man who's like, buh, 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 I don't know what's happening. And um, <laughs> she's like, her and fucking Raffi are doing kicking ass and kissing and stuff. Yeah, I mean, they could just make Star Trek Milf Quest and then just like, let them <laughs> go. Everyone will be fine with that. You know? like, spon- sponsored by Special K with strawberries. Oh my God, this is the, mo- this is the milfiest cereal. Yeah, definitely a milf cereal. <laughs> oh, what's, that, what's that one cereal that always has like the two people on it? Like best oh, Cashy? Friend? Ca- good Friends. Good Friends, yeah. Good friends, yeah. 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 yeah, we love good friends. What's your favorite good friends? I like the old black man and like the uh, the Chinese girl. 
Like that's my favorite flavor. <laughs> we know they're good friends. It you know, it's not so. actually made with those people. Oh, <laughs> oh! They all taste the same. Whoa! No, no. That's Whoa. all the same flavor. Whoa! I'm colorblind. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I don't taste different races. I'm flavorblind. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Oh, uh, maybe I just lost I my sense of taste. You, I gotta take you to Flavor Town and show you the <laughs> ethnic diversity there. Can yeah. I taste your grape nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Or no, it's Kashi. Um, so moving on in Star Trek news, we have a sad loss in the Star Trek universe this week. Gregory, uh, Gregory, Gregory Itzen, who is a prolific character actor, played characters across three Star Trek franchises, including Elon Tandro and Iyer on DS9, Dysek on Voyager, and both Sopek and Admiral Black on Enterprise. Mm. Rest in peace to a Star Trek legend. Good night, sweet prince. R.I.P. And finally in Star Trek news, did some gonzo journalism this week, made myself a part of the story. Henry Alonzo Myers took to Twitter this week, dropping some interesting hints on the future of the Enterprise for Picard Season 3. Responding to a comment made by Patrick Stewart on the crew returning to the original Enterprise, Terry posted, quote, Shutting this down before people get their hopes up. It's not what you think. So, what the F are they talking about then? Mm-hmm. Get it? What the F? Cough? Okay, I'll see myself out. Mm. And s- someone like responded like very tone-deafly to the comment. I'm like, I, I-, I responded, uh, I think he's hinting that the show is going to take place on the Enterprise F. And he, uh, he quote retweeted that and said, It's not, but dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. So we're probably going to see a return of the Enterprise F in some capacity. I don't know if you've seen the Enterprise F. Pretty cool ship. Um, is the Enterprise F the one at the end of... Uh, what fucking movie was that? Insurrection? <laughs> Either that or Nemesis. It yeah. was, it's a really sleek design. Yeah, it looks I sick. I don't think it's Constitution class. Or it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, the it's Enterprise cool. F looks tight. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm into um, that. So we don't quite know, but it's a good possibility we see the return of that. And it's a cool design, so I like that idea. Um, oh, yeah. 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 And uh, that's, that's Trek news for the week. Hell, yeah. Do you uh, all think we should uh, get into Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, the second Star Trek motion picture? Fuck, yeah. Was, yeah. 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 Let's, uh, my let's body jump. is ready. Let's fucking let's, go. <laughs> let's jump right in, my I dude. I just took a blue chew. Wow, look oh at boy. that. Star Trek <laughs> 2, The Wrath of Khan, released in 1982. So, so yeah. this one started uh, in production pretty much right after uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture hit. Uh, and started production yeah. in nineteen, or uh, sorry, yeah, nineteen eighty, uh, a little bit about mm-hmm. about two years before the film actually dropped. Um, mm-hmm. And like after the first one, there was like a mixed reaction, and uh, it cost him forty six million dollars to make. Made back, which is a crazy at, at the time. Yeah. It was nuts, and, and, and yeah. it made back one hundred forty million. So it definitely made back its its stuff more more than enough. But like. It totally. was seen yeah. by Paramount, the studio who made it, as like kind of fucked 
because they're like, yeah, we made a lot of money, but like not as much as we were expecting. It was no Star Wars. It was no Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And uh, we expected a lot more mm-hmm. given how much we, we made. And they blamed a lot of it on Gene right. Roddenberry. Yeah. And what's funny yeah. about that is that they were like, you, you're you not going to be involved in the next one. <laughs> like, we hate your ideas, well, so, and we're so, not going to involve so, you in this so one. So they, they, they did cut him out, but they made him a, uh, a creative consultant, and he's credited in there as a creative Correct. consultant. So the people on the film had to run by their stuff by Gene Roddenberry, <laughs> but they didn't have to take his notes at all. And so they could just, mm-hmm. like, take a dump on him. Um, so Roddenberry yeah. actually had an initial script for this movie and it was very different yeah. from from what happened uh, so his idea was uh, Klingons travel back in time using the Guardian of Forever um, from the episode of the original Star Trek City on the Edge of Forever uh, to stop the Kennedy mm-hmm. assassination <laughs> causing the crew to have to go back in time and rectify history which means the the crew of the Enterprise has to make sure Kennedy is murdered. Hell's yeah! Which is a, an amazing plot, in my <laughs> it's opinion. Like, it's like Spock on the grassy knoll. Yeah, that's what I was, <laughs> he's just like. Yeah. Oh my they, god! They, they, they dress up as like Cubans to yeah. try to start. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just did the inflation calculator, and forty six million would be one hundred sixty five million today. Holy shit! So that that is an expensive <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah, I, I bet they probably yeah. spend that or more on a modern Star Trek film. Oh, oh like, yeah. Modern films have gotten oh, so yeah. fucking expensive, yeah. but they make so much insane yeah. amounts of money. And didn't, now. And didn't um, uh, yeah. the Aquaman movie cost a billion dollars or something uh, to make? I know. I know. Oh no, no, I was uh, that was Justice oh, League. Just, yeah. Also, one of the so, Justice League plus the Snyder Cut plus marketing right, was right. around a That's billion. That's insane. Dollars. One of the Minions films yeah. like used so much in marketing, it was like eight hundred million dollars <laughs> like, in its final cost. Yeah, so one hundred sixty-five <laughs> is actually a pretty pretty big steal then. I guess so. Back in 1982, <laughs> though, I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah. So um, what, what's it, so uh, uh, on this one, mm-hmm. right? Like Paramount was like, they didn't really want to work with the the people that made the motion picture because they saw it as such a disappointment, and it was so like divisive yeah. among so fans. They didn't and bring so back like the any guy of that the eventually, crew, really. right? And the guy that got hired as the producer was just like sitting in a in a in a meeting room with the with the um, Paramount mm-hmm. execs. And was like they were like, which is Harvey uh, Bennett, Har- Har- uh, is the Harv guy Bennett. who ended up producing. And, uh, he's the uh, executive producer. Yes. Yes. And so he ended up producing and co-writing several of the next few Star Trek mm-hmm. films, and he got the job because they were like, they were like, can you make a better movie than that? And he was like, yeah. And they were like, can you do it for less than forty six <laughs> billion or forty six million fucking mm-hmm. dollars? And he was like, yeah, I can do it for twelve. Yeah. yeah. So they gave him $12 million. <laughs> so, uh, well, actually, technically, they gave him $8 million, yeah. and then they, they raised the, the budget to so, 12 Um He was best yeah. known before this as uh, being the producer for the $6 million man. Mm. And so he he just asked for two of them. Yeah. And, uh, for just his give budget. me two men. Yeah, two $6 million <laughs> men. That'll, that'll cover the cost. <laughs> give me yeah, two guys. Two, guys. Two, two $6 million men. So uh, he had also uh, yeah. worked on a television movie uh, called... A woman named Glenda or something like that with Leonard Nimoy, which won a bunch of Emmys. And uh, when Nimoy found out that he was going to be involved, he like got ecstatic and he was like, "Hey, that's awesome! I love that guy. That's sick as fuck." <coughs> and everyone, everyone in every like technical aspect of every Star Trek crew seems to love Leonard <coughs> Nimoy and hate 
William Shatner, yeah, which is very telling. And so, like, <laughs> I mean, people still much, people still hate William Shatner. Yeah, and they're they're still off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they still offered uh, Leonard Nimoy to offer like uh, two Star Trek films after Star Trek Four, which he directed, and he, mm-hmm. he turned it down because everyone loves him. Um, yeah. So uh, Harv Bennett also he had never watched an episode <laughs> of Star Trek before in his life. And so right. he uh, he decided to go back and watch old episodes to find inspiration and see if he could like find a good plot point or a good villain to base the film around. And uh, he ended up watching Space Seed, which was an episode I think from the first season with uh, Ricardo Montalban as Khan mm-hmm. Noonien Singh, who is a fucking awesome villain mm-hmm. in there and really just one of the standout villains <coughs> who survives at least in all of the original Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so Montalban, he'd been on Fantasy Island for the past seven years uh, and forgot how to play the part of Khan. So he asked for... As you yeah. do, you know, you just spend enough time away from Khan and then you're like, how do you... It was, it was one, one TV episode that was in syndication, you but know, he hadn't I, seen, you know. And he was probably on tons you of... You know code. how he got back into character, right? He he attended Khan Academy uh, and uh, yeah. learned how, was to, actually Purdue how Academy. to be Khan again. <laughs> uh, or Prager University, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. Or Liberty yeah, yeah, University. Yeah. He just watched all those videos yeah, 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 on, yeah, yeah. on why people don't deserve a living wage. So, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I am now a villain. Um, so uh, yeah. he uh, so Montalban forgot how to play the character, so he got a co- original copy of Space Seed on the on original film and watched mm-hmm. it three times. And he's like, "I got this shit." Mm-hmm. He's like, "I am confident." <laughs> yes. So. So having a villain, um, <laughs> they uh, they brought in a guy named uh, Jack B. Sowards to write the screenplay, and the f- he was apparently a big fan of Star. He was a big fan of like Star, Trek, Star Trek, but Trek not guy. like a big writer really. Like he mm. had uh, he had written like a couple episodes of Bonanza and stuff before, but no real. I mean. Yeah, who hasn't written an episode of Bonanza? Honestly, in the 60s, if you were like in the Writers Guild of America and you hadn't written an episode of Bonanza, you were fucking a nobody. Um, So the first script was titled uh, War of the Generations, which uh, was supposed to be about Kirk's son working for Khan to start a rebellion on a distant planet, which could have been actually pretty cool, I think. That's a pretty cool idea. Um, But they they didn't feel it was quite right, and some people in the studio didn't love the idea. So... um, uh, art director Michael Miner suggested that it be about a bioweapon and being a terraforming device. And uh, like everyone's like, that's a fucking great idea. So, mm-hmm. so they rolled with that. But the script was still pretty rocky. Uh, people didn't love everything about it. And um, the script was nearly due at some point, but it was completely like incomplete. So it was suggested that novelist yep. and punch-up writer and uh, the director of Time After Time Nicholas Myers be brought in to work on the script. Uh, Myers had also never seen a single episode of Star Trek, <laughs> which he has said in interviews thought was a great strength to him in like taking a different approach to stuff. Totally. And he wrote the script in 12 days. Wow. He did. Which is so, awesome. Um, yeah, he was brought in to punch <laughs> it up, and he basically Rocks. rewrote the entire thing based on what all of the big stakeholders in the film liked the most mm. about the previous drafts of the film which is pretty pretty crazy. Um, yeah, so he, he did it in 12 days and for free and without a writing credit. Uh, Gene Roddenberry hated all of his additions to the project, 
thinking all of them were like too mm. militaristic and too like swashbuckling. Mm. But the creative team completely ignored him and was incredibly impressed by Myers, which led him to being hired as director of the film. Which is, it makes, uh, it makes yeah. sense. There's lots of like military icon iconography in this, like like Kirk's room, mm-hmm. pistols, armor hanging everywhere. Right. And so, so Myers has a quote here that I thought was pretty interesting. He said, uh, the chief contribution I brought to Star Trek was a healthy disrespect. Star Trek was human allegory in space format. That was both its strength and ultimately its weakness. I tried through a reference to make them more human and a little less wooden. I didn't insist on Captain Kirk go to the bathroom, <laughs> but did Star Trek have to be so sanctified? Which I would have loved to see I, Kirk take a yeah, fucking Yeah, I want to see Kirk take yeah. a shit. Yeah, that would be yeah. sick as hell, right? Come on. No, no, no. You know, I want to see Spock. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Let's go. Spock dropping a deuce. Let's go. I bet it's like purple and stuff. Yeah. Oh, right. right. <laughs> yeah, probably. It probably takes him like an yeah. hour. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out of his pores. He's There's got- no asshole. <laughs> just like a, just- yeah, he's got to like meditate. <laughs> he's got to meditate. Yeah. And it- There's a ritual for it. <laughs> comes out like you know those Play-Doh yeah. machines that have like the all the holes everywhere. It just comes out of strings like <laughs> spaghetti. God, I must go way smelled, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, you know, Myers was hired on, and he had like a vision. So he planned out everything very meticulously and basically knew every shot he was going to do coming into the film. And in doing so, figured out ways to cut the budget to like absolutely nothing. So, yeah, they reused a they lot reused of stuff. They reused a ton so of stuff. Especially we'll, like stuff yeah, we'll from talk about uh, the motion yeah, picture. Yeah, they used yeah. a ton of stuff from the motion sure. picture, including shots, but also just models and like, you know, just like different things. Um, a lot of uh, sets too. Uh, including uh, the bridge that they did, uh, that they used for the motion picture, which they just reworked, and over 60% of all of the principal photography on the film was done on that one bridge in different configurations, hmm. uh, whether it was the uh, the bridge of the Enterprise or the Reliant or the Klingon ship, that was all the same set, which is kind of crazy to think about. Apparently, the crew really liked the uh, Reliant set because it was easy to put together, but the Enterprise set was much more difficult to put together, and they didn't like it. <laughs> the also, yeah, they also uh, didn't like uh, shooting the Enterprise because the model was very unstable, whereas the Reliant mm. was a lot like more compact and easy to hang from things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so for special yeah. effects on this film, I believe it. Uh, Paramount didn't want uh, the crazy effects and time budget of Star Trek The Motion Picture, which infamously took like a year. So instead of using Douglas Trumbull again, they decided to use Industrial Light and Magic, uh, which is a, you know, a part of Lucasfilm, famous for, of course, Star Wars. And uh, I think one of my favorite parts of this film, going to have to mention it, James Horner was brought in to be a composer. They decided not to go with Jerry Goldsmith, which seems like a bad idea. Uh, but I mm. really, honestly, love this score. Mm-hmm. It's very... It's a very it's very different, different thing. though. Uh, so James yeah. Horner previously mostly worked with just, uh, with just Roger Corman, who was famous for his B-films. Mm-hmm. But he went on to do uh, Aliens, uh, Braveheart, Avatar, and most famously, he co-wrote Titanic's My Heart Will Go On. Hmm. And also did the score uh-huh. for that film. Well, that was a crime. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. That's but, that song rocks, dude. That song slaps and a half. My heart will go yeah, on. That song rules, dude. No, we are not dude, standing Celine, that song. That song Celine. is awful. I like the. Fucks. I like there's a uh, 
a surf rock version of it that I like a lot. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh. By uh, Low Straight Jackets. Yeah. My wave will go. Yeah, on. my wave will go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eddie, Eddie would go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I know the the Horner score is really mm-hmm. interesting. It's, 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 it's really, definitely a different it's very vibe. Different. I really a lot, like a lot of the themes. There's a lot of cool it's, themes. Uh, there's especially a lot of cool the, interstitial uh, music. Like a lot of the stuff yeah. sets a very eerie tone and a very mm-hmm. violent tone. He used a lot of dissonance in here. To really cool effect, mm-hmm. um, big yeah. big fan of the yeah. Music. I really like the um, the uh, the con theme mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. really good and very iconic. I feel like it's very unusual mm-hmm. and nice. Uh, it's very good. Yeah, it's it's very like it's a lot very horn heavy. I mean, it's probably from his name, you know, yeah. <laughs> Horner. Oh, he's yeah. he's Horner on Maine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is. Um. Yeah. But uh, that's that's my production notes for the film. You want to get into the movie? Hells yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Star Trek The Wrath of Khan released on June 4th, 1982. Seven years later, it's the day the Tiananmen Square uh, incident happened. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Directed cool. by Nicholas Myers. People <laughs> listening in China are like, the what? <laughs> yeah. People aren't listening in China, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> that's true like we have better things to do <laughs> yeah. they, they're 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 yeah. hard at work over there mm-hmm. uh yeah so for sure uh directed by nicholas myers director of time after time and written by jack b sowards but actually written by nicholas myers um man that's gotta suck. so it's nicholas myers oh, sorry nicholas, so nicholas meyer uh yeah like oscar Brother of Oscar, yeah, yeah, the inventor like, like of Oscar. bologna. Yeah, you think Bologna. everyone just came up yeah. to this word guy and was just like, "Wow, Wrath of Khan rule." That was a great screenplay. It's <laughs> just like, oh. <laughs> uh, we we begin on some stars, which were apparently made with a software that's also used in the end and once on the view screen, um, which is uh, was up until this point mostly just used for graphics for planetariums. They did a great job. It looked yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so somebody had a great idea. Somebody was like, where can we get like space footage? And then <laughs> some PA the was like, what about a planetarium? <laughs> <laughs> They're getting high in a planetarium. Like I know the perfect place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. we got starring Will Shatner, of course, Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly. Top three build as I think it is with every single Star Trek film. Mm-hmm. Also co-starring the rest of the original Star Trek cast. I don't think they left anybody out, did they? We got Stuadi, Chekhov, Uhura. Uh, we don't have Chapel in this one, I don't think, right? No. No, she's not even no the... Com- uh, Madra Bear doesn't even do the computer voice. Yeah, oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, she's, oh, yeah she wasn't in it at all. Yeah, that's a big bummer. Mm. Um, uh, we also have, let's see, uh, Merritt Buttrick as David. <laughs> yeah. He died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Paul Winfeld, seven, also in 1989, oh, seven well. years from this movie. Oh no, shit! Like <laughs> Tiananmen Square, yeah, bad year. Bad yeah. year. Damn. Uh, yeah, that's Paul rough. Winfeld as Terrell, Captain mm-hmm. Terrell, who was also Dathan from uh, Darmok. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. Right. And Kirstie Alley as Savik, which is uh, is this is I think the first person from Cheers to be on the show, correct? Hmm. Thanks. So. Or on on, it's on a, Star it's Trek. It's an ongoing legacy. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, fucking yeah. Kelsey Grammer's on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. the, his wife from Frasier is on there. Yeah, in Cheers. Yeah, she she bangs uh, Riker. Yeah, 
Um, Whoopi ever on Cheers? Mm, I'm not sure. She was dating Ted Danson near the end of Cheers, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. We all know. We all know that she was. Uh, and of course, Ted Ricardo Montalban as Khan. Uh, who is a real fucking treat in this film? Oh yeah, he he's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, first thing we get, we hear Captain's Log, Stardate eight one three zero dot three, Starship Enterprise on training mission to Gamma Hydra, Section fourteen, coordinates twenty two point eight seven point four. Approaching neutral zone, all systems normal and functioning. First shot is Kirsty Alley as a Vulcan in the command chair of the Enterprise. But uh, her, her uniform makes it uh, look like she's a junior lieutenant. Mm-hmm. She orders Sulu, who is at the helm, to project a course to avoid the neutral zone. Or, or her interrupts, saying they're receiving a distress call from the Kobayashi Maru. And that's, I think, where we're all like, oh, this, mm-hmm. this old one. Oh, okay, I know it's something. On. Something yeah. smells off fishy here. Oh. Um, and it's a little fishy. Um, so both Spock and Sulu warn against entering the neutral zone, but Sevik, the Vulcan lady, orders the ship to enter the zone to save the Kobayashi Maru. Right after they enter the neutral zone, they're confronted by three Klingon battle cruisers. Which is, I think, the exact same shot from Star Trek: The Motion Picture of the battle cruisers, but like reversed and put on a shitty-looking view screen, which is kind of funny. Uh, mm-hmm. And they pretty much immediately open fire. The Enterprise is fucked, and a bunch of the cr- bridge crew is dead, including like Bones and Ahura and fucking Spock makes a mm-hmm. real. And McCoy lands directly on Sulu's uh, crotch. Yeah, he does, and Sulu's like, oh my, absolutely. Um, so the Enterprise is completely fucked. Bridge crew's dead. Savik is forced to retreat an abandoned ship. Holy fuck, what's going on, everybody? We see a figure come through the bridge entry in the shadows and then hear the voice of none other than Admiral James T. Kirk. Uh, the bridge view screen slides away, revealing the bridge to have been a simulator room. The Kobayashi Maru was a simulation that Savik does not believe to be fair. Kirk explains <laughs> that the simulation is intentionally designed to be a no-win scenario and how we deal with death is equally as important to think about as how we deal with life, which is a reality every commander must face. Oh, yeah. Savik is crusty about this, but tells Kirk... <laughs> Now she has something new to think about, which is like I think the um the Vulcan oh bless your heart mm. kind of thing. Like go go fuck yourself, Kirk. <laughs> fuck your fuck your dumbass Kobayashi Maru bullshit. And I have to and why were all the high ranking officers involved? That's a great question. Also, <laughs> yeah, think, I was wondering about that too. Yeah. You know the Hello Kitty offshoot bad badits Maru? You think that's about like the Kobayashi Maru? Oh yeah. He's like a uh, penguin. Yeah, probably. Also Maru that that cat that gets into the boxes I, i'm not oh it's a japanese cat. cat cool cool <laughs> cool cool weeb uh, oh um america so, so bones gets up and he's like oh didn't you like my acting performance <laughs> and he suggests it might be easier to staff the enterprise with a more experienced crew but uh kirk says that galloping around the cosmos is a game for the young 
Which is like something like the last film. He was like, no, nope, yeah. no, nope, this is mine again. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't think he really lives that. Especially since this is like supposed to be three years from the last thing. Yeah, and the, his perspective completely changed, and now mm-hmm. he's just like, well, no, I'm good being an admiral. Again. <laughs> yeah, time to go back to my house and sit in front of the fireplace. Mm-hmm. So enter oh. Spock, who was awaiting Kirk, uh, so they can assess the cadets and uh, how they did on their training mission. Kirk says the cadets wrecked everything. And Spock says, that's not uncommon, noting Kirk took the Kobayashi Maru three times before coming up with his unique solution. Oh, yeah. We all Kirk then thanks Spock for a birthday present, which is an anti-copy of A Tale of Two Cities. And Kirk like looks at it like, uh, the, uh, these are the best of times, <laughs> these are the worst of times. Trying to send a, a fucking message, Spock. Mm-hmm. Spock's like, no other message but happy birthday, you big dumb bimbo. Here's and, your uh, copyright free. <laughs> and he gives him a purple nurple. And then oh. and then uh, fucking Kirk hits him in the balls. Yeah, you got to nerf that. You got to nerf the perp. For sure. That's yeah. the only logical thing do to do. Can you imagine like a Vulcan nerve pinch on your nipple? Oh, that would a be purple nurple like insane. A... <laughs> oh, my God. That's the purplest That's... of nurples. <laughs> yeah. It's a green nurple. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, the Orion nurple. Yeah. Um, I guess on a Vulcan, it would turn green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Vulcans, like, they got that green blood. Yeah. Do you think that, like, Spock's dick is vaguely green? Like then? the veins? Because, like, it's engorged oh, with no. blood, it's, right? it's very green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Just nice. Look, just... Did, in, the, in, that, in that case, did the, the Romulans have greener penises, you think? Mm. Uh, No... Yeah, yeah, they will. I mean, they were smaller than the Vulcans, so if they, I guess they were green with envy, like, metaphorically. <laughs> penis envy. Yeah, yeah. Penis, yeah, penis envy. Yeah, there you go. This looks like a bunch of ecto-cooler in the, in the dick skin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all had ecto-cooler. Oh, yeah. Skin. Yeah, Yeah. you know, as a kid, you know, you want to fill it up. Do you think you could sound yeah. with one of the, uh, the fucking ecto-packs from the... <laughs> no? Okay. Um, so... <coughs> so Marley, Spock is called to the shuttle to take him to the Enterprise to prepare for Kirk's inspection. And I'm like, why isn't he transporting? Mm. What, what the fuck? But it's so they can reuse that. They yeah. reuse like the all of the movie. same footage. Yeah. So Kirk <laughs> tells Spock he's going home, and Spock seems concerned for him. Next, we go to Kirk in his apartment, and he's uh, dressed like Hugh Hefner for some reason. <laughs> and he has shoes I mean, on for some he, reason. Yeah, he has, he has big old. Uh, platform shoes on uh, Bones arrives and gives him a bottle of Romulan ale and Bones outfit is fucking wild oh yeah he pointed out he has like a, a cod piece like uh, outside diaper yeah. type thing vidi vidi well <laughs> yeah it looks like he's he's about to do some yeah. like uh, do some crime oh yeah <laughs> I love that Drink when he milk. gives him the Romulan mm-hmm. ale He's like, it's not illegal, and he's like, oh, it's for medicinal mm-hmm. purposes, yep. which is like the weedest of weed <laughs> jokes. Like, yeah, come on. Right? And so this is uh, per- Nicholas Meyer smokes smoke mm-hmm. So uh, this is a vintage uh, 2283 Romulan ale, which means it's two years old. Yeah, two years old. Mm, that's nothing. Yep. Uh, Bones also gets him some reading glasses as a as a present, uh, which are like 200 years old. What a dick. And Kirk is fucking miffed. <laughs> Uh, Bone yeah. says he usually prescribes some ocular medication for people Kirk's age, but Kirk is allergic to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Noticing that Kirk is distant, Bones asks him if he really wants to be doing admiral shit or if he wants to be hopping galaxies in a starship. 
Kirk confesses that he does. And the two share a drink sitting by the apartment's fireplace. Kirk doesn't like the Romulan ale at all. He thinks it's yucky. <laughs> um, he's like, this tastes like piss. No, I like piss. This tastes yeah. different than piss. Um, yeah, he does like he piss. Does. Like, <laughs> he's a little know. piss pig. We, we all know. know. Oh, he's, he's a we all know. Fucky <laughs> fuck pig. Uh, McCoy tells Kirk he should get his command back before he gets too old for it. Next, we get a first officer's log from... Uh, from a very familiar voice. Uh, Starship log, Stardate 8130.4. Log entry by First Officer Pavel Chekhov. Uh, oh, man, that was not necessary. <laughs> Starship Reliant on orbital approach to Centauri Alpha 6 in connection with Project Genesis. We are continuing our search for a lifeless planet that will satisfy the requirements of a test site for the Genesis experiments. So far, no success. And that's the end of his quote, but I'm going to do the rest of the episode in my very bad Chekhov impression. <laughs> very bad. Very, very bad. <laughs> my Chekhov impression. <laughs> um, so we see Commander Chekhov aboard the USS Reliant orbiting uh, Centi Alpha 6. To assist, steady, steady, sorry, steady, steady, steady. Uh, hey, steady down. All right. <laughs> um, so orbiting SETI Alpha Six to assist in Project Genesis, which is a program searching for a suitable planet to test the Genesis experiment. Although the planet seems incapable of supporting life, a minor energy flux is detected on the surface. They report this to Carol, Doctor Carol Marcus at Regula One, a space station orbiting the planet whose model is the exact same space station from the motion picture, mm-hmm. they just turned it upside down and put it <laughs> on a different background. And it looks, it great. looks great. It still looks yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't change it at <laughs> like, all. Like, I didn't even hate no, that. No, it was fine. I saw it, and I was like, that's the same space very station. But I was like, you know what? Same. At least they flipped the shot around. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish we got to see small and king size one. We saw a lot of regular one, but... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh good, good, good one. Oh. That was just a regular one. Oh, oh shark. Uh-huh. Um, so they report this to Dr. Carol Marcus, um, and she's pissed. And some guy is with her with a one-armed uniform. It's like mm-hmm. a T-shirt. Some curly-headed fuck. Some little <laughs> bitch that we'll get to know is named David. <laughs> I am David. <laughs> That's my David impression, guys. I'm gonna do the rest That's of the show as David. David. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Talk right. about Jim Kirk. Okay, no. Yeah. It's better than Chekhov. Shut your Jeez. fucking mouth. My yeah. Chekhov is immaculate. Uh, they talk wow, about Jim Kirk, and that. she says he's not always a Boy Scout. Which is how do how are they referencing the Boy Scout? It's like yeah. 250 years from now. No one's gonna remember the yeah, Boy well, Scouts. I think, you know. Yeah, and unless they're yeah, like, that's a good well, point. he is kind of a Boy Scout in that he lets people get away with child rape. <laughs> uh, Whoa, that's what Whoa. the Boy Scouts did. That's why they're bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. they did. A, they did a Catholic church, man. They're fucked up. <laughs> Fuck the Boy Scouts, but they did it in a Mormon way, which is nice. I was a Boy Scout. I w- I got. I was an Eagle Scout. <laughs> Oh, that, were you an Eagle Scout? By that, I mean I still go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you reach Eagle Scout? Nah. No, no. Nah. I was just a Boy Scout for a while. But yeah. uh, I was never a scout. I, I was curious as to what a scout would, what, what being a scout would be Would like, you say you were I, boy I curious? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was scout curious. Scout curious. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a lot. It was mostly just making those cars and then going camping. Yeah, you you get cars. Yeah, you make the, like the little uh, the pine pine wood. Cars. Yeah, pine wood derby cars. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, okay. yeah. I spent a lot of time on those. I like doing that. They also, uh, if you're if you're down in like I think it was a uh, Mississippi, uh, they make you work in a factory. Really? Uh, did, huh. did you hear? But they they found like a nine year old girl working in a Nissan oh, factory. Yeah, an ununionized Nissan mm-hmm. factory. That rocks. Yeah. And like her her siblings back were child working labor. with her or something. They were like just undocumented and like doing QA on nuts and bolts or some shit and like doing some MIG welding on some <laughs> oh my God. drive trains or something <laughs> like that. Uh, so uh, they believe the energy flux on the planet might just be pre-animate, pre-animate matter and can be transported off since the Genesis Project, uh, since for the Genesis Project, they'll need a planet with absolutely zero life whatsoever on it. Mm-hmm. What do you think they meant by pre-animate matter? Come. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely come. I mean, Khan was there. (laughs) Come! (laughs) They just found it all over the place. Yeah, I mean, he did. He was with a couple babes. Oh yeah, a couple and 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 like I mean, some some pretty pretty hunky dudes. And the Chippendales dancers. Yeah, seems like he was super into like that one guy that he talked. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, he was. That was originally supposed to be his right hand man. Well, I guess it still was. Oh, right it was his right hand man. Give him a right hand <laughs> HJ. But it wasn't played by the same character as in Space Seed. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Um, so they need to go down to the planet to check this out, uh, the energy flux. And so Chekhov and the captain, which are the first officer and the captain, decide to be the only away team. Yeah, that's to a very hazardous location where they could possibly die. Yeah. An, an inhabitable planet. Brilliant. Um <laughs> Mm-hmm. So they decide to Very beam good. down to the surface uh, in environmental suits to investigate what's going on. They don't find anything amidst the barren surface until they see what appears to be abandoned cargo carriers. Uh, upon further investigation, Chekhov discovers the ship is in fact the shelter for survivors of something, and they figure out it's mm-hmm. the SS Botany Bay from the Star Trek episode Space Seed. Mm-hmm. He, he's like, oh, fuck, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he realizes they're, uh, they're in danger and rushes to get the fuck out of there, only to be greeted uh, after they exit by a host of close, cloaked figures who take them captive. And they look exactly like the Sleep album cover. Yeah. Just like dudes <laughs> yeah, in the do. desert wearing cloaks <laughs> and shit. It's so doom metal. <laughs> yeah, it's really sick as fuck. So, yeah, they're like, yeah, this rocks. Their leader removes his sick-ass fucking mask and cloak and shit and reveals themselves to be none other than Khan Noonien Singh. But he doesn't remove his one glove. He doesn't. He keeps on his cool biker glove because mm-hmm. he's like, this is my H.J. hand. <laughs> uh, this one stays pure. It's This one stays soft yeah. and supple. Yeah. It only comes out for special occasions. Oh, it comes out already. He lights a candle. Yeah. He's just like. Sounds with a candle. <laughs> mm. uh-huh. Yeah. Ooh. What, what? I mean, what? What? Would, would you rather sound with a candle or like a, a, a disposable wooden chopstick? <laughs> That's a good question. Like a real thin candle. Though. I mean, the, like a birthday candle. Dude, the ca- birthday candle. Well, see, I worry about the candle because the candle's gonna break. Mm. Or potentially leave residue on the inside of your yeah, shaft. But, you but know, the, but the, the chopstick's gonna leave chopstick. splinters. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And the I'm, splinters seem I'm, terrible. Yeah, I'm not talking Ooh. about from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. Going there, and then like the doctor's like, oh, 
<laughs> we're going to need some microsurgery <laughs> to remove these. Uh, he, he gave himself a bloody walk again. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, so I guess we're decided candle. 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 Yeah. yeah. I guess candle wins, I guess. Like, it's not a great, like, would you would rather, you say, honestly? Would you say like, in the column you'd put a candle in the wind? 1995. <laughs> that was pretty good, guys. Um, speaking of pretty good, uh, it turns out uh, that they're not on Senti. Is it Senti? Seti. Seti. Sorry, it, it, it fucking it autocorrects oh, yeah. all my shit when I'm typing real fast. So, uh, they're not on SETI Alpha 6, but they're actually on SETI Alpha 5. Um, and apparently, like, SETI Alpha 6 exploded and damaged SETI Alpha 5, which fucked everybody up real bad there. Apparently, it fucked up the orbit, mm-hmm. and then all the plants and shit died on the planet. Right, and Khan is like, orbit. if if we're SETI Alpha 555, then I'm SETI Alpha 666. <laughs> yes. Uh, he also is like, okay, people equal shit. So yeah, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna do some stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he just cut his bangs. He's ready to fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it kind of explains. Chekhov does a little bit of exposition here and explains <coughs> who uh, Khan is. He says he's a genetically modified dude from the 20th century who waged uh, war on Earth and against us and uh, fucking like Kirk sent him packing. Uh, the music here is awesome as hell. Mm-hmm. It's super eerie, a lot of dissonance. Uh, really liked it a lot. Great, great, great piece of the score there. Uh, so apparently Kirk uh, expelled all of these folks to City Alpha 5 15 years ago at this point. Um, and it was devastated by the explosion of City Alpha 6. And they've been like fucked and living on an uninhabitable planet since then. And the only reason they survived is they are genetically modified. Yeah. I mean, Kirk really did screw them. He'd fucked them over, and he did something fucked up, and he didn't, like, tell Starfleet about it. Yeah. He didn't make any records. It was just, like, his shitty decision. I feel that's very important to report. Like, hey, we're leaving a bunch of superhumans that uh, that mm-hmm. seek out world domination uh, on this planet where they can possibly, you know, regain power, like, come into contact. They also left them with uh, Marlon McGivers, Lieutenant Marlon McGivers, who is a Starfleet officer, oh, yeah, yeah, who can give, who can provide them with start with information about Starfleet, or you know, That's possibly true. contact you know other other um, warp capable species, and then like get off that planet and then be a danger to uh, the Federation. That but, would be the wrath of contact. <laughs> the wrath of contact. Um, but yeah, that. But yeah, so that was pretty irresponsible of Kirk in the yeah. first place. Yeah. So, in order to find out the. Uh, the Federation's plans and Kirk's whereabouts. Khan puts some SETI eels in the ears of uh, both uh, Captain Terrell and Chekhov in an absolutely iconic scene. Uh, yeah, it's pretty tight. Yeah. Like, those, like it, those it's things super look tense. Cool. The music's awesome. Uh, Khan slowly extracts uh, little SETI eel like larvae from their parents, and both of them look brutal as fuck. And he's like, mm-hmm. uh, See these fucking they killed twenty of our people, including my wife. Who's uh, implied to be uh, my wife? <laughs> my wife. <laughs> <laughs> who's implied to be Marla? Yeah. Givers, yeah. Right, right, right. My wife. So um Khan puts the Seti eel larva in their ears and uh he uh 
like apparently they make them drones and submissive to Khan's every command, which I don't really understand how any of that works. Yeah, because he was just like, Definitely these are just pets. Yeah, but this is this is apparently very unethical, which makes me wonder, like, how is this much different from like a Dax symbiote? Well, like there's there's a uh, consent with the symbiote, like true. So, because like it's a whole thing where how, like, how do you know Terrell wasn't kinky and like consenting and like yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, by the screaming. <laughs> oh, you're in the blood. Consider the lobster stance. I see here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he didn't seem happy with it. Uh, yeah. Some someone's read David Foster Wallace. <laughs> all right. Um. So. Uh. The music here is fucking awesome. The whole scene is fucking awesome. Love this whole scene. Um, yeah, it's back crazy. with the good guys under command of now Captain Spock. The Enterprise is being used to train Starfleet Academy cadets, and Kirk, McCoy, Uhura, and Sulu uh, take a long journey looking at the whole Enterprise and a whole bunch of reused shots from the first film. Uh, and they they come aboard to the Enterprise and they ask permission to come aboard, which I'm like, what? Um, I think it's just tradition. Just like, yeah, and they, they come aboard uh, to assist with a short training cruise. That's how it always starts off. Uh-huh. It's always like... Three-hour tour. Yeah, three-hour tour. Cruise. But like yeah. in all, this, all the episodes, it's always like, oh, well, this is just a training exercise with the Enterprise. And then suddenly like, oh, you're the only ship in, 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 in uh, range. You have to go solve this problem. Mm-hmm. So Kirk talks to one kid named Peter Preston. Uh, which is totally not foreshadowing. (laughs) Uh, Kirk inspects the ship and ribs Peter Preston, but the kid stands up for himself and says, uh, well, if an admiral didn't see this was clearly one of the best ships in the fleet, he'd be as blind as a Tiberian bat, which I think was pretty fun. That'd be funny if he just looked at him and was just like, fuck you, kid, and just started yeah, punching so you're him. fired, bitch. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so Kirk <laughs> Shoot just like, kind of laughs it off, and like Scotty comes to his defense, and they kind of have a, a fucking whatever. Um, yeah. You know, the, yeah, the like the the moment to moment like character interactions are just so much better mm-hmm. in this. They have levity, like they actually they feel levity. like people. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. which is nice. Like they're making jokes, and the jokes aren't like they feel like the sort of jokes that those sorts of people would tell each yeah. other. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't feel like really like ham fisted. So it's nice. I feel the big thing here is not every conversation is a conflict in this. Yeah. Film. Whereas in the first one, yeah. every conversation was a, a conflict or yeah. either that or how to resolve a conflict. Mm-hmm. Whereas here it's like, sometimes they're allowed to have levity, which is nice. Yeah. Every character. I think it's actually good. pronounced, uh, con! <laughs> the wrath of conflict. Yeah. Yeah, Got him. Actually, uh, good one. Good one. Um, yeah. Every time they told Savick to take the con! <laughs> Uh, so now, yes. now it shows a lot of shots of the Enterprise that were stolen from the first film. Yeah, the dock, the little pod docking, yeah, yeah. the got little guys floating off into space, and waving like, Hi, yeah, everybody. waving. Um, so we go to the bridge now, and somebody signs something on the bridge, and this happened mm-hmm. in the last film. Why are people still using pens to sign paper this far in the fucking future? He also signed. He also signed something in space seat as well. I hate this. <laughs> I hate the, yeah. the signing. It's wrong. He's got to prove things, well, you know? No, no. Spock... <laughs> it has to be official. No, nope. hate it. Uh, <laughs> Spock lets uh, Savik take the Enterprise out of space dock. Uh, I think all of these shots 
from here on out are from the motion picture. Yeah. Like everything. And this, is, and this is where it's playing uh, Enterprise Leaves Moorings, which is a really good song. Yeah, it's a very good song here. Yeah. Um, and Spock, uh, once they get out of space dock, Spock says, uh, Mr. Sulu, indulge yourself. <laughs> and, like, Sulu just, which like, a, drops yeah. trow and just starts going to town on himself while everyone watches. So, like, we need a little entertainment. Yeah. Sulu, get, oh, yeah. get, get a little weird with it. <laughs> Does anybody want to touch my prostate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they mop that up. Uh, yeah, that's the rest of the film. It's them, them like, does anyone have uh, one of the pads for the Swiffer? He's like, wait, 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 wait. And they take a little black light and throw, put it over it, like, don't touch that. <laughs> so, uh, Khan has hatched a plan and has Chekhov call Kirk, uh, inform, or sorry, uh, has Chekhov call Dr. Carol Marcus, the head of Genesis Project, and Kirk's former booty call. Mm hmm. And uh, he tells her that Kirk has requested they take possession of the Genesis device. And, like, Kirk, or sorry, not Kirk, but uh, Dr. Carol Marcus and David are fucking mad about this. And David's like, I know it was Kirk. Kirk's a big meanie, too. Yeah. Now we understand the absent father angle. Yeah. (laughs) What? We don't know anything about a father yet. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Sorry. Spoiled that milk there. (laughs) Left it in the sun. Um, I love sun milk. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. It's like sun chips, but dairy. Uh, Exactly. Kirk is in the transport tube now with uh, Savick, and uh, he asks about her hair. Yeah. He's like, oh, so did you do your hair new? And she's like, did you do your toupee new? <laughs> He's like, bitch! Slaps her. And, uh, no, that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, we were talking, like, how uh, so there was an inner office memo on the original series about how uh, Shatner stole a bunch of toupees from the set. Yeah, apparently. He stole a bunch of hair pieces. Cause Tight. Tight. He's a baldy baller. That, that's a move. Yeah. What a balder. Yeah, a, a balder. <laughs> <laughs> um... So she doesn't want to talk about her hair and asks about the Kobayashi Maru. And Kirk is pretty dismissive. And then Bones enters and he's like, man, who is holding up the elevator? Oh, God, it smells like fucking farts in here. <laughs> Did you fart, Seb? Do Vulcans fart? And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. And he's like, oh, how about your hair? And she <laughs> no, goes, I just took a shit on the floor. <laughs> Thanks, Harv Bennett. Yeah. Uh, so uh, back. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I'm shit melding right now. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother me. I need to get into my quarters. This isn't the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> so Doctor Mar- Marcus, uh, back with Doctor Marcus. She's fucking angry, and tries to contact Kirk, uh, but the signal is jammed at the source, and she's not able to confirm or deny that he's supposed to come pick up the Genesis device. This is a great scene of Shatner being like, "What? What?" <laughs> I, I can't understand. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. So, how was it jammed at the source? Was it Khan jamming it? Yeah, yeah. How was he? Jam- yeah. But he wasn't even there yet, right? Well, he he transported a whole bunch of uh, raspberry jam into uh, the oh. console. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's how you do it. They so, just saw so, it so, seeping so, out of the control panels. Yeah. Like we've been jammed. He, he, he sent them <laughs> this uh, freezer jam through subspace and, uh, into their comms unit. Um. I mean, you laugh, but they did actually make that joke in Spaceballs. Yeah. Oh, did they? Shit. Yeah. Yeah. About that, that actual joke. They, they should make a Spaceballs for Star Trek. Space, wait, Balls Trek? I don't know. I think that's what Galaxy <laughs> Quest was. 
Oh yeah, Yo, they, I did. Watched they did actually. Crank. They did yeah. make that, didn't they? Fuck. <laughs> You're 100% right. Sure. So, yeah. There's also the Orville, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. Never seen the Orville. Yeah, it's decent by a lot of uh, kids. I, I have this. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, uh, sensing something wrong, Kirk decides to consult with Starfleet and is now being consulted by Spock, who encourage him, encourages him to take back his command of the Enterprise. Uh, as if Spock isn't totally capable of this mission. I don't understand <laughs> what's going on there. But... Yeah, uh, Spock does, like, no captaining. I know, and also <laughs> Spock has, like, so much less skin in this, this game and emotions about this. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't need to care. Mm-hmm. Um, but Spock assures Kirk that, by contrast from uh, the fucking guy in the, from Captain Decker in the last film, he has no ego to be bruised by Kirk taking over for him and further asserts that it was a mistake for Kirk to accept a promotion as commanding a starship is Kirk's first best destiny. He says Kirk is and always will be his friend. Kirk agrees to take command of the Enterprise. This is also important because in this scene, this is where uh, Spock says logic dictates that the needs of the many outweigh mm. the needs of the few. Very true. Yeah. Which is important for a later scene and, uh, and in the, the film. And also the, the fucking trolley meme as well. Yeah, and you oh, will yeah. always be my friend. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So the first... Planting seeds, baby. Planting uh, space seeds. Hey, <laughs> oh, callback. Hey, I did it to hey. him. I did it to him. Got him. Um, so the first thing uh, Kirk does as captain is sets course for regular one. Mm-hmm. You gonna make the joke again? Yeah, not king size or small one. <laughs> Good, Just one. A regular one. Good one. Sulu has a pretty soy line here and says, uh, so much for a little training cruise. <laughs> Khan and his followers take control of the USS Reliant. Khan's number one, Joaquim. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. Uh, he's more Joaquin. of a Joaquin Tucson, to be honest. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. He does seem like he's a little racist. A walking Albuquerque. <laughs> um, so it's New Mexico. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't care. It's still a fucking southwestern city that people think is a dump. Um, so walking Albuquerque tries to convince <laughs> Khan that by escaping and freeing themselves, he settled the score with Kirk, and they should just go do their own thing and be genetically modified and fuck shit up. But Khan mm-hmm. is unconvinced yeah. and vows to take revenge on Kirk, uh, yeah. who he blames for killing his wife. Uh, this film was actually originally called, uh, originally titled <laughs> The Revenge of Khan. Mm. But at the time, uh, the next Star Wars sequel was slated to be Revenge of the Jedi instead of Return of the Jedi. And so they're like, hey, don't, could you not? And, mm-hmm. and they're like, fine. And uh, so, Could you not? Yeah, could you not? I still haven't told that story, and I never will. And Industrial Light and Magic worked on this movie, too. They did. They did. Um, Though I feel like they intentionally did a better job on the Star Wars <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more, like, more like Industrial Blight and Tragic. Oh. Right, guys? Oh, oh. Suck my dick. <laughs> um, so uh, while en route to the Space Lab, regular one, Kirk shows Spock and McCoy a briefing video on Project Genesis, which is actually the first fully CGI sequence in a feature film. Yeah, and it, and it good, actually, actually looks pretty for good. Like, even yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Better it, than like uh, fucking Money for Nothing. You know? Yeah, I remember seeing that as a kid oh, and yeah. it blew my mind. I was just like, what? 
Yeah, it looks surprisingly good. I mean, and it, it holds up like too. it's from the 80s, but yeah. like it looks good, mm-hmm. you know. It doesn't the, the film I will say as a whole looks newer than 1982. I, mm-hmm. I will say that. It does. Yeah. It looks more modern. And mm-hmm. this is nice. remastered, so I think we all watched a remastered copy, but mm-hmm. it's still mm-hmm. a good, you know, pretty good, pretty good. So, um, the ultimate goal of Project Genesis is revealed to be the creation of a torpedo-like Genesis device, which could be fired at a lifeless planetary body and would transform it into a habitable world. McCoy is alarmed at the implications of this, since if a Genesis device were used on an already inhabited world, uh, or not on a world at all, on like a ship, uh, the terraforming process would obliterate all life in mere seconds. Mm. God created life in six days, and we can do it now in six minutes. Mm-hmm. And Jim's yeah. like, I can do it in a lot less than six minutes, McCoy. You see David over there? That only took 12 seconds. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I bust I quick. Fast. I got I've fish got... to catch. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. So as yeah, he... dude, Bones is kind of a fucking dick in this scene. He's a yeah. dick to Spock. Like, oh, Spock's yeah. just like... Oh, that's interesting. And then he's like, what do you mean it's interesting? (laughs) Fuck you. You green-headed, green-blooded freak. Yeah, Yeah, he's like... He's being so aggro. Yeah, because at first, you know, I was kind of, I was agreeing with McCoy, and then like then he started getting racist, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, calm down, McCoy." <laughs> we're getting a little wild here. Yeah, you were. I mean, he's were... like eight hundred years old at this point, <laughs> yeah. so it's like I don't know. That's yeah. I think that just happened. Grandpa just needs to take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He didn't get his afternoon coffee at yeah. the bowling alley. He didn't, oh, he he didn't so... get his super cocaine <laughs> or his fiber, and he's like all grumpy, yeah. and he hasn't pooped in a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Um, so uh, Spock says, as a matter of cosmic history, it has always been easier to destroy than create uh, regarding the Genesis device. Although McCoy points out that the Genesis device makes it possible to do both simultaneously, leading to a potential Armageddon. Uh, it would have been cool to make this into more of a commentary on war, but they really didn't. And colonialism. Yeah, right? They yeah. didn't really do anything with that, which honestly, like... That's, I think, one of my big problems with the earlier Star Trek films is they really don't have, like, any politics whatsoever. The first three at least don't. Uh, <coughs> four and six, I'd say, do. Most of the other ones don't. But it's, Yeah, because they don't really, like, focus on uh, Khan's, you know, fascist Superman <laughs> yeah, ideals. Yeah, which they the, should. And yeah. be like, yeah, he's a fascist, by the way, and, like... Yeah, but I think he just went insane. He's more focused on revenge, but... Yeah, and so it's more swashbuckling than it yeah. is political at all. And pirates yeah. aren't a great medium for politics, unfortunately. And this had, you know, one of your favorite things, like dirty space pirates. Like, mm-hmm. all, all, all of Khan's men That's seemed, true. They seemed all... like they were covered... Well, even that, they... that makes sense, because they were all down on a planet. That but then they got on the ship where they had the sonic showers. That's they, true. they were like, take... we don't need a sonic that shower. Like yeah. fr- if I was down <laughs> on that planet, that's, like, the first thing I'd do. I'd, like, <coughs> I would jerk off in the shower to, like, porn for, like, three days. How how would... <laughs> do you think it would be, be comfortable to jerk off in a sonic shower, though? I feel it's, like, just, like, sound. Yeah, it's, it's got the different pulse Oh, yeah. Put it on your balls. Uh, make it vibrate uh, your balls a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah, never mind. Yeah, 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 make yeah, it do yeah. a sonic prostate massage, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hit your uh, meow meow button. Boop. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, okay, so I mean like Com- computer. Is give me aside. the give me the Barclay. <laughs> <laughs> you never want the Barclay. Oh my god. <laughs> Override needed. 
<laughs> dangerous activities. Um, uh, absence of politics aside, uh, I, I feel like the simplicity of the narrative mm. is a, a, strength, a strength of yeah. this film. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is an um, action film at its core. Yeah. That that being and said, there's like barely any that. action scenes in the movie. I mean, but it is it does yeah. feel like an action film, you mm-hmm. know, it's like the bombastic score and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the simplicity of the narrative really gives a lot of characters room to breathe, and all those motivations are set up pretty well mm-hmm. and then paid off later on in the film. So it mm-hmm. makes it feel a lot more satisfying. You know, I think that had they tried to include a political angel a political angle, although it would have been a more in-depth story mm-hmm. I, it may have bogged down the film it could have yeah. the, good politics can always make a film better though i think we've learned that from james fucking cameron <laughs> who makes all of his films political and awesome dude the politics <coughs> of like terminator 2 are incredible man incredible like, I, I I'm just saying, like, not all his films are awesome. Most of them are awesome. <laughs> yeah, but but most of them are. So there's that. Yeah, yeah most <laughs> of them are. Yeah, Titanic. True Lies is fucking sick. I was thinking oh, yeah. about True Lies the other day. I haven't True watched that in rules. a long time. I gotta watch that again. That movie's great. I, I rewatched it recently. I love that. <laughs> Apparently, like, especially uh, uh, what's his name? Tom Paxton. Arnold. Oh, to, also Tom Arnold. So the two Arnolds have been hanging out together recently. They've both been posting about it on like all their socials. Wait, which which Arnolds? The Tom Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, sick. Oh, who who are the two Arnolds in your world? Or there's only two Arnolds. Uh, well, hey, Arnold, yeah. obviously. They, he can't <laughs> hang out with anybody. He's a fucking cartoon Spencer. <laughs> also, Arnold Palmer. Come on, the drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can't hang out with anybody. He's a, he's a drinking. Like, no, he's, he's still alive. And Arnie Hammer. Right. Yeah, what happened? To, oh, it's uh, Army Hammer. Ar- oh, yeah. Well, I, I was yeah. reading. Apparently, he uh, he works at a. As a concierge he, he, he in a did. hotel, he did. No, he was selling timeshares. Yeah, but he uh, he quit that, uh, and now apparently he's living like his family's cut him off entirely, and he's living with Robert Downey Jr. What? In like his guest <laughs> house. That's sick. Yeah, look it up. Um, okay. So Savick interrupts the three boys who are discussing the Genesis project and waxing poetic on it, <laughs> um, and uh, tells them that another starship, the USS Reliant, is on an intercept course with them. And uh, Kirk is like, uh, can I can I get a little intercourse sip from you, baby? <laughs> Arriving near Regula One, Enterprise <laughs> encounters the Reliant, who is refusing to answer its hails. Kirk is reluctant to raise the shields, but Savick reminds him it's Starfleet regulation to do so. Kirk orders a yellow alert uh, because he wants to get peed on, uh, <laughs> saying the situation is damn peculiar. Yeah. Peculiar. 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 Dave Coulier. <laughs> Damn it. I was trying to Damn bring Dave Coulier into saying this. the situation is Dave Coulier, uh, <laughs> but doesn't raise shields as the reliant claims their communications aren't working due to some fucked up techno babble. Mm-hmm. Spock says the techno babble is not possible, right? As Khan <laughs> raises shields and locks phasers on the Enterprise. Spock yeah. detects this, and Kirk orders shields, but it's too damn late. To Dave Coulier. I do like how they do it like fighting ships on the sea, where they yeah. like line up with each other to line up the uh, the cannons and then fire. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Nicholas Meyer explained that he took a lot of um, in- inspiration for this film from like Horatio Hornblower yeah. and a whole bunch yep. of like actual naval text, which kind of like 
you know, uh, gives an insight into pretty much everything in this film, including the uniforms, how the space battles are done, <laughs> how mm-hmm. the kind of chain of command hierarchy seem to be, stuff like that. You know, it's 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 pretty cool. So, yeah. What's interesting about that is this film is influential to the Star Trek franchise in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but one of them I feel like is not talked about as much is what you just said that like naval stuff because mm-hmm. going on like oh yeah star trek the next point, generation like, is an- the next generation is literally this but like you know taken to a whole it's, it's basically like master yeah. and q mander am i right <laughs> <laughs> or master, master and commander, commander Riker. Oh. ah yeah Riker. there you go yeah right oh, there you go. lieutenant yeah. commander Riker. Yeah. <laughs> it's Riker. It's Riker. That that's Master and Commander Bader. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the name of the episode. One second. I do love I do love that movie. Yeah. Master and Commander Bader. Uh, yeah, yeah, that movie's tight. Yeah, yeah. I got, I'm gonna rewatch that this weekend. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time. That, that that was a weird film because it was like a a high budget like. Mm-hmm. 1800s naval movie that came out in the early 2000s. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, was, not... it cost like a hundred million dollars and is like three and a half hours long. And yeah, just about two buddies on the sea trying to kill the French. It's like kill the French, jerk is each that... other off. Yeah, that's what I was French. gonna say. Yeah, yeah. jerk each other Hell off. Yeah. No, jerk each other off. Well, they probably did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. they're seamen. Well, come on. <laughs> it's like uh, which one is the master and which one is the commander. Ooh. <laughs> In your relationship, which one's the master and which one's the commander? <laughs> oh, oh, you're straight? Which one's oh. the master and which one's the commander? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yep. Sorry, I gotta go yeah. back to choose the, choose the lesser of, of two weevils. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, the Reliant Fires... And takes out the Enterprise's main energizer and warp core, leaving the ship on battery power. Shields are down, phasers are minimal, and they cannot move. Khan fires a photon torpedo, which fucks shit up and sends the Enterprise's, sets the Enterprise's bridge on fire. Mm. Just like, how, how did the bridges keep setting on fire? I just don't get, I mean, well, I get there's a lot of electrical equipment around and stuff, but it's like, wh- you, why are you putting the bridge on like the the exterior of the ship like unarmored <laughs> yeah. it's it's kind of weird to me because they have a view mm-hmm. screen there yeah. so they don't have yeah. like a, a window looking out directly or yeah, anything it could it could literally be in the middle of the ship right like protected <laughs> right yeah. uh, so what's fun what's funny in the uh in the expanse books there's like a uh that that's like a commonly repeated thing so there's like no windows on any of the ships mm-hmm. um this is not something obviously that they kept for the show but in the books, like there are no windows on any of the ships, and all of the like bridges are like essentially in the center of the ship. And mm-hmm. they, they just use screens for everything. Yeah, it makes right? sense. Which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is why it's more hard sci-fi than stuff like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's the same thing with like submarines. Yeah, all right. Like they just have yeah. a little periscope and radar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So chaos is everywhere, and the Reliant finally signals the Enterprise wanting to discuss terms of surrender. Kirk orders the commander of the Reliant to be put on screen and is shocked to see none other than 
motherfucking con on the other end. And he cut his own bangs. He has his own bangs. He <laughs> definitely has some wild bangs going on here. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a wig, right? That's such a wig. It's got to. Oh, gotta. yeah. Like, his hair's insane. Like, that, that was something, like, as a kid when I saw this movie, I was like, what is happening with this man? He looks like he a, looks so he, strange. He has, so he has grandma hair. <laughs> it's just kind of like, like a, a like giant a, chest. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and apparently that's just a lot of people think it's a fake chest. That's a real chest. Dude just fucking lifts, man. Like, yeah. That dude probably could like bench 300. Like he's fucking ripped, man. That's why I wish like they had more uh, personal interactions with the crew because he like Ricardo was like a physically imposing guy like you see that in spacey like he towered over everybody yeah even in spacey like yeah he's still like way bigger than fucking kirk and oh yeah he was shit out of him yeah Yeah. uh so con announces his plans to destroy the enterprise and kirk begs him to show mercy and take him as prisoner and spare the crew con agrees but only in exchange for information on the genesis device Mm -hmm. kirk pretends to transmit the data but instead uses a signal to lower the Reliance shields. Because they got the keys, the command keys. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the keys to the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, Khan realizes what Kirk is doing, but fails to override the command in time. Sulu fires the few phaser shots they have left and disables the Reliance weapons and warp core. An enraged Khan is reluctant to withdraw, but Joachim reminds him that Enterprise, which is... Uh, with its disabled power systems cannot escape. Both ships limp away for repairs and the match ends in a stalemate. Joaquin Sedona. That's another Arizona place. Yeah, but Sedona's nice as fuck. That's way better than Phoenix. Sorry. Yeah, he should have been listening. Joaquin Flagstaff. How about that? (laughs) There you go. He should have been listening to Joaquin like he did. He could have like, you know, Use the Genesis, made the super people, uh-huh. had the spaceships. He could have been the new Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Joaquin. Adam could... and Space Seed. <laughs> Adam and Space Seed. Oh, uh, Adam and Joaquin. <laughs> Adam and Joaquin. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so fucking Kirk is wilding that he let himself fall into Khan's trap and then goes to sickbay to see how fucked up everybody is. He attends midshipman Peter Peterson, the guy who we met earlier, the only guy we met earlier, mm-hmm. on his fucking deathbed is Scotty Greaves, because apparently Scotty's like his uncle mm-hmm. or something like that. Oh, yeah. I remember Scott, and also, you missed, like, Scotty like, had him, had carried him all the way to the bridge mm-hmm. instead of directly to medical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so weird. Okay, that was one of the only points in this film where I was like, what? Yeah. Come on. Like, look at my boy. Look what they did to my boy. <laughs> Um, yeah, and Scotty is strong as fuck too. He just had him in his hands, and he just he's like, the best engineer and the, the fucking yokedest engineer too, dog. Yeah, apparently yeah, he's yeah. all yoked underneath that suit. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you <laughs> yeah, think he was doing in the transport buffer for seventy five years, just lifting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing what squats. Else can you do? You jerk off mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> uh, he was using that transporter buffer for uh, seventy five reps every day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, you think there's still a refractory period when you're in the transporter buffer? Or can mm. you just like come constantly? Oh yeah, and it just like never ends. <laughs> it's just like you do it, and then just like ah, just well, that's like, why they call it the transporter <laughs> muffer, right, guys? Oh yeah, it's a big old hairy muff. <laughs> There's no muff though; just the hand. That's what yeah. you think. <laughs> I, I bring I bring my own 
hairy pocket pussy in the transport buffer with me. Oh, hells yeah. Do you think that he was allowed to bring something in the transport buffer with him? Do you think he had, like, a Game Boy? Or... Maybe. I mean, I, I also feel like when you're in that, you're just, like, you're, you just kind of go into a coma. And you're just, like, a million different particles all bouncing around. And you have no memory of anything that's going on. One would hope. Yeah. One would hope, yeah. Enterprise <coughs> repairs their impulse drive and arrive at regular one. Kirk and Bones form a landing party, and Savik reminds them that Starfleet regulation requires a commanding officer to have an armed escort on away missions, which is a great idea. And, like, why didn't fucking Terrell and Terrell Chekhov have that shit? Yeah, like, everyone just f- plays fast and loose. <laughs> yeah, they do. Especially with... with um, Savics. Yeah. And and Bulls. with Pike it makes sense in Strange New Worlds because he knows his fate. Yeah, true. Like he cause he goes, you know, he goes pussy first into all them uh oh, yeah. all, all those missions, but he Bl- knows pussy first. Pussy first and he Hair knows and pussy. <laughs> he knows he's not gonna he's gonna be fine because he's like, I know my fate. Do you think he grooms his pubes like his, his head? Do you think those are immaculate mm. as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little it's yeah. a little it's kind of like, you know, with like the pageantry of a peacock where you have like or you, you know he undoes this fly. Is that, what the, is that what the streaming service is named after? Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> well, no, that's a different... That's oh, yeah, it's see. a different... Yeah, it's on Paramount. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, what that play, Paramount Plusy do? <laughs> you can Paramount me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they named Peacock after my dick because I pee out of my cock. Yeah, most people uh-huh. do. Most people? <laughs> Hitler, Hitler, I'd say roughly 50%. Hitler didn't. <laughs> Hitler peed out the side of his cock. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Yeah. Poked a hole. It's like, I call it my side car. You want to ride, baby? <laughs> yeah. um, Enterprise. Uh, no, I already read that. Um, so uh, because of regulations, uh, Kirk invites Savick along on their away mission. Down on the station at regular one, they find the entire crew murdered and Chekhov and Captain Terrell semi-conscious in a storage compartment. Mm -hmm. When they regain lucidity, they explain that they overcame the SETI eels and that the crew of the Reliant are marooned on SETI Alpha 5. Captain Terrell calls Khan a madman and says he blames Kirk for the death of his wife, which is fair. Yeah. Um, continuing their investigation, the Enterprise crew finds that the station's records of the Genesis device have been erased. Exploring further, the away team finds a transporter that has been recently used. Checking oh, the yeah. coordinates, Kirk realizes they beamed into the planet, not onto the planet. Whoa. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Kirk calls back to the Enterprise asking for a damage report. Spock reports that, by the book, hours would seem like days, uh, and that the main power will not be available for two days. Kirk orders Spock to leave orbit if the Enterprise hears nothing from them within one hour. Ahura protests that they will not leave them behind, but per- uh, sorry, but Kirk retorts that if they hear nothing, there won't be anybody there to leave behind. The whole team has these sick jackets with nipple rings. Yes, as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. 
which mm-hmm. I got to wonder what they're doing with the nipple ring jackets. <laughs> they got to be playing with the, the nips, doing some nipple play. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Doing a nippy slippy under the jacket there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the away mission. Yeah. Who knows what was going on underneath those jackets? It's just like all connected. Like it was like there's like other little oh. nipple piercings that were connected to those like outward ones. I like to believe in like the Star Trek future, like everybody has at least like three teledildonic devices <laughs> attached to them at all times. Oh yeah. Like making them oh, come yeah. and shit in different ways. And like mm. everyone's just like always hitting like a weed vape pen and or a, a ketamine vape pen and like just fucking they probably off have the like you know like implants that just dispense drugs into your system <laughs> constantly, right? Uh, that'd be yeah, awesome. That would be cool. Right. <laughs> would who do you think is the highest member of the enterprise on this on this film Scotty. on this film yeah scotty well scott yeah 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 he's scottish so i think he might be he drunk. pirate i think i think uh i think mccoy oh oh yeah yeah, McCoy, yeah. McCoy's like a depressed yeah. drunk he's fucking yeah he's on all that energy. yeah he's he on knows everything. the best pills and he knows how you know yeah. he he's just like has medicinal like a medicinal perfect... purposes yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got all sorts of medicinal. He knows how to balance it all out. Like, all right, if I take this, it'll get me fucked up. This will make me a little regular. Uh-huh. Make me a little regular one. Make me a little regular one. But this, yeah. one, make me, this one will make me king size. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they call him Bones because he has all that aftermarket blue chew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there He's you got- go. It's called blue chew because the color of his uniform. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, who uh, do you think it has the worst case of erectile dysfunction of this current crew? Bones. Yeah. Bones. Yeah, think, think, well, they call him Bones. I mean, you yeah. think. Yeah. Well, yeah, he gets yeah. it super hard with medication, but he has erectile dysfunction. Oh, I see, I see. He can't get it up without medication and a fucking penis mm-hmm. pump anymore. Yeah, I don't think Scotty's ever fucked. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. No. What? Yeah. How do you think he has a, a nephew? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's his nephew and his son. I didn't say that. It's that my nephew. nephew. My son. Nephew. My nephew. My son. It's my nephew and my son. Uh, so the away team follow the transporter coordinates and materialize inside a cavern. Uh, the Genesis device is there, but before Kirk can move, he's attacked by David, who, guess what? <laughs> Guess what? It's his son. It's oh revealed that it's his son. Yeah. Uh, whose what a disappointment. He's Dr. A... Marcus. Uh-huh. And he is a disappointment. Like, I mean, he meets his dad and fights him at the same time. That's pretty cool. And loses. Say. That is pretty cool. But like, yeah, but as, he loses. A, as, a, as a person who has never met their father, I would <laughs> like to meet and fight my dad. That'd be the coolest <laughs> and, way. Like, the same day. Yeah. Like, same time. Oh, yeah. Instantaneously. Like, oh, you're my Be- dad. Fuck yeah, you. He, Feed two birds with one scone on that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> so David accuses Kirk of trying to steal the Genesis device and of killing everybody that they left behind. Carol, David's mother, and Kirk's former booty scooty to duty. I don't know what any of that is. Hello. Uh, booty call. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, <laughs> she tries to defuse the situation, but before she can elaborate, the team is threatened by Chekhov and Terrell, who come in with phasers. And it turns uh-huh. out they're still under Khan's control. Yep. Uh, David Brashley tries to rush the two, but Savick tackles him to the ground, just as Terrell fires on him, missing and vaporizing the third scientist with them, who is apparently named <laughs> Jeddah. <laughs> 
I think it was the first time we heard their name. Yeah. So when they died, and they're like, "Oh, Jetta." Oh. Yeah, they they had uh, the same fate as the Volkswagen Jetta. And, uh, yeah. They're no longer in production. Wait, is it really not? I don't really? Know. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think it is. It might be. Who cares? Uh, back on the bridge of the Reliant, Khan gleefully orders Terrell to kill Kirk with his uh, fucking comm unit. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. Terrell resists Khan and the eel, and it like makes a high-pitched noise in his ear. And to escape its, its pain, he turns the phaser on himself and fires, vaporizing himself. Yeah, Which is a great-looking effect, by the way. Actually, no, yeah. that's yeah. why I said awesome. watching it with you. I'm like, that was sick as fuck. That, yeah. was, that ruled. Yeah. Um, so Chekhov collapses as the SETI eel slips out of his ear before being vaporized by Kirk. Khan, shocked to find Kirk alive and well, beams the Genesis device up to the Reliant before vowing to leave the Admiral and his party marooned inside Regula forever and says he doesn't want to kill Kirk, but he wants to continue hurting Kirk in this awesome yeah. fucking speech. Mm-hmm. It's such a good villain yeah. speech. I like how he's like disassociating too. He's just like... Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> just hitting his ketamine vape and like coming, and he's like, "Oh, the butt plug is hitting." Um, I saw someone on YouTube describe it as an evil gasm, definitely, uh, <laughs> like the way he talks in this movie, That's and like, so yeah, good. just despite him being like a genuinely menacing villain, like he, Maltabon seems like a nice person, like he just mm-hmm. seems like a cool dude, like seems like somebody I would want to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reading, he said, he like he approached the role because he because Khan doesn't think of himself as the villain, like he thinks of himself as the hero. Yeah. So he's like, and, and, and he does show like you know he shows that he has he cares about his people, and, and apparently he really liked working with uh, Nicholas Meyer too. And like on one of the first days of filming, uh, they they were shooting, and Nicholas Meyer like comes up to him with, with a script, and he's like, "Hey, listen, I want to talk to you about this. Uh, do you have some time to like to discuss the character?" And Ricardo Montalban was like, wait, what? You actually want to direct me? That's great. It's like, and then he talked about all these famous directors he worked with who apparently would just like start shooting and be like, all right, make this scene great. And he's like, and he said, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm so glad that you actually want to like help craft this, mm-hmm. which, which is pretty cool, you know? And so yeah. they worked really well together. And obviously you can see there's definitely a, a certain magic going on between Nicholas Meyer in this film and like everybody else, like everything is seeming to connect here mm-hmm. except for Gene Roddenberry who, fucking, <laughs> who cares? So what, what, another interesting thing on the same line is that is like Nimoy really didn't want to come back for another. He for never another does. Movie. They, they and, had and to like, keep on upping the payment like every time to ridiculous well, amounts. Well, so what brought him back for this one is they were like, Hey, we'll give Spock a death scene. We'll kill yeah. Spock. If yeah. he'll, <laughs> he'll do it. Which is actually uh, pretty much what happened to Brent Spiner and uh, data as well yeah. for insurrection, yeah. because he said, I really don't want to come back for this. Uh, but I think Brian Pillar, someone at the time, uh, was like, or Brandon, Bra- I don't know, one of those guys, was like, uh, listen, uh, Rick Berman, I, th- I th- think it was, yeah. was actually like, Brandon Berman. Yeah, let's go, Brandon let's Berman. Let's go, Brandon Berman. Uh, so, let's like, go Brandon, uh, Brandon Braga. So, uh, at the time, he was like, listen, uh, he's like, I don't want to come back for this unless you give me, like, this amount of money or you kill off my character. And mm-hmm. Rick Berman's like, okay, we'll give you the money and uh, we'll kill you next time. 
It's funny, like and both did. times it never worked with Spock and Data, it never worked. No, <laughs> well, just... so what was what was funny about this one is like they brought him back, they did the Spock death scene, mm-hmm. but but uh Nimoy had so much fun making the film. He had such a good experience working with the team, working with uh Harv Bennett and with Nicholas Meyer that he was like, actually, I want to keep doing this. Can you write me into the next movie? <laughs> and so then like he was the reason they brought Spock back after they killed him. But the reason they killed him was to get him to be in the movie. <laughs> we love it. Love I hear scene. that's also why they went back and also like uh, did the scene where um, uh, Spock trans, you know, get you know, puts a part of himself inside McCoy to oh, yes. to, to leave the uh, little that possibility was, that's open. behind the scenes. <laughs> puts a part of himself in McCoy. Oh, yeah, it gives him the Spocker shocker. That's the NC seventeen version. Yeah. Uh, NC seventeen eighty eight. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, so, uh, Khan promises um, to leave Kirk and the party maroon inside regular forever, and says he doesn't want to kill Kirk, but wants to continue hurting him. Um, by destroying the Enterprise, who Khan believes will be crippled for at least two days uh, because he was monitoring their comms. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment we get the most famous line in maybe all of Star Trek, uh, which is Khan. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was Khan. You know, Khan. He's just yelling at <laughs> Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was trying to log into Khan Academy, <laughs> and then the web page kept reloading. Mm-hmm. Right. And instead, uh, yeah. So you know, well, you get using Microsoft that's, Edge. That's why he goes to Prager University instead. <laughs> I do so, like a con speech before that, where he's just like, "I'll leave you like you left me." Yeah, that was. And he's so. like, "Buried alive, buried alive, <laughs> buried alive, buried alive, six feet under." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think I think that's a good place when he yells "con" to have an intermission. Yeah, let's do it. We want to do Klingon word of the day. Yeah. Does anyone need to take a pee or anything? I'm good. Yeah, me neither. Cool. Let's. I'm good. I'm sweating all my. I'm sweating all my fluids me out too. Me too. It is so fucking. If hot. you're not in the Pacific Northwest right now, we are having a heat wave. <laughs> it was, Damn. It's probably 90 right now, even though it's nine o'clock. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's rough, you guys. Like, I'm kind of glad I'm missing it. It's 63 outside, and I'm sitting in an air conditioned room. <laughs> uh, woof. Anywho. It's hotter than Vulcan. <laughs> Today's Klingon word of the day is ha debah, which can be translated as meat of an animal or animal. You can also use it as an insult similar to son of a bitch or swine in English. Interesting. Right. It's hot pocket. <laughs> yeah, something hot, like that. Hot pocket. <laughs> so, so you, uh, yeah, the meat so, of an animal uh, in, a flim, in, a, in a flaky crust <laughs> yeah yeah to use it in a sentence i would say my favorite drummer is the guy from the muppets you know ha debach 
<laughs> it's actually uh, Dr. Teeth and the Electric. What's the band name? Fuck. Uh, <laughs> the Electric. Dr. Teeth and the Electric. Fuck. Uh, electric Teledildo. Electric Dildo. Yeah. Electric, <laughs> electric Butt Plug. <laughs> also, I learned, I, was, I watched something on the Muppet Babies the other day, and Dave Coulier was, the, was one of the guys who did the voice. He was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was trying to find uh, girlfriends on set. Because <laughs> he likes dating very young women. Does he? Oh, that's right. I think we saw like a, a picture he, of his current uh, wife. Uh, well, he, uh, he dated Atlantis Morissette, and she blew him in a movie theater and wrote a song about it. Yeah, yeah, one could say that she really drank the Coulier. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But it was flavorade. Oh. Which means it was oh. flavor flavor stick. Which, uh... Damn, Dave Gouillet getting the getting the blowy in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. You, you're a hot bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to the movie. <laughs> Let's do it. Colin is the loneliest villain you'll ever do. As con, that's the basic premise for Star Trek 2. Con, con, con! Wow. Later on, it's awesome. Kirk avoids Carol and David's questions about con and about, uh, you know, child support by asking for food. <laughs> And it's really blatant. They're like, hey, what the fuck is going on? He's like, y'all got anything to eat? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? You're talking about food? And he's like, yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> like, he's yeah. just like. I, I, I think this scene's funny because, like, Bones is like, how can you think about food at a time like this? <laughs> In his old man ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. like, why wouldn't you be thinking and about Kirk food? Kirk is like, I want a hot pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so... Yeah, and he doesn't explain it, like, uh, I, he, like he purposely tortures them, like, he doesn't reveal. It's super weird. Yeah, so, <laughs> he just so, lets them all stress out and freak out. <laughs> so David decides to take uh, McCoy and Savick uh, to the Genesis cave, and leaves Kirk and Carol alone, and they have uh, this weird, uncomfortable relationship talk about Kirk, like, playing her, and basically abandoning them, and she's like, was it ever gonna happen? And Kirk's like... Define happen. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's real not good. Um, but then she takes Kirk to the Genesis Cave, and they meet up with the rest of the folks there. And um, it's like fucking cool looking, I guess. It's a weird set with a weird mat laying, so it's like dated, but it still looks pretty cool. It definitely looks like an '80s lush planet thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, I mean the matte paintings are really nice though. Yeah, it was cool. Like, yeah, they they're, they're look... not bad. They're still matte paintings though. And, like, it looked like Middle Earth, like yeah. uh mm-hmm. looks like if if they made Minas... Lord of the Rings in the 80s yeah. basically. Yeah. What was yeah. the one place Minus something? Uh Minus minus. Yeah, Minus mer whatever. I don't know. Minus Tyrol? Yeah. No. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, look cool. it looked cool though. Like Minus yeah. Tuvix. Um, <laughs> Minus Tuvix. <laughs> Hashtag Minus Two. <laughs> uh, so back with Khan, he's moving the Reliant back towards the space lab where he expects to encounter the Enterprise defenseless, but is shocked to find the Enterprise ain't there. 
Back in the Genesis cave, Savick asks Kirk, who is eating an apple, about how he handled the Kobayashi Maru. Uh, Bones notes Kirk is the only person to ever win the scenario, and Kirk admits he reprogrammed the simulation. David, his son, laughs and says, hey, dad cheated. He's a big dumb bitch. Mm -hmm. And Kirk maintains that he changed the conditions of the test. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, test, I and he's like, oh, I, I didn't, uh, I'm not your dad. This te <laughs> test is all wrong. You know, it must be someone else's. Yeah, I mean, isn't that the story of, like, how um, Alexander the Great un uh, undid the Gordian knot? Yeah, he just hit it with a fucking sword instead yeah. of trying to untie it. Yeah, they're like, yeah, uh, whoever unties this knot can whatever. And Rule he, the world or some shit. Yeah, and he just cuts it in half instead. And, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Kirk contacts the Enterprise, and Spock says they should prepare for transport. Kirk, Kirk tells Savick that he does not like to lose. Savick asks for clarification, and Kirk reveals that Spock made his report using an improvised code to deceive Khan. Instead of immediate repairs taking two days, they only actually took two hours and moved the Enterprise out of range of the Reliance sensors. Savick accuses Spock of lying. But he's like, I merely exaggerated. Ha <laughs> ha. Back on the Enterprise, Kirk is assessing the situation and is determined that the Enterprise could not outrun nor outgun the far less damaged Reliant. Kirk orders to take the ship to the nearby Matura Nebula, uh, whose ion, ionized gases could make them invisible to sensors and disruptive shields, mm -hmm. uh, evening the playing field between the two ships. Spotting the Enterprise fleeing, Khan orders Reliant to pursue, but Joaquim is reluctant, so Khan hesitates. Mm -hmm. uh, the music here is fucking wild and works incredibly <laughs> well. It's super bombastic. It's mm -hmm. super, like, it gives a sense of urgency. It's really fucking good. Oh, a yeah. lot more frenetic and frantic, I'd say, than anything Jerry Goldsmith ever did. Not a diss on Jerry Goldsmith, but, you know, mm -hmm. this is a good score and fits well mm -hmm. with the film. I don't know if Jerry Goldsmith would have approached it in the same way. I'm sure he would have made a master score, but this yeah. is also a pretty fucking great also, score. Also, Goldsmith wasn't given any opportunities to direct, like, a high-energy scene in true. motion picture. That's very right. true. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I, I feel like they're two different approaches, and they're both great. Like, I... Yeah. I I still think that motion picture score is maybe one of the best film scores I've ever heard. It is, it's but it, incredible. It, it also, like, the film has a lot more time and pacing to focus right. more on music because yeah, it is more sure. atmospheric. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, it just complements yeah, like the action really well. Like, action, yeah. like, and it it's makes driving sense why, the action. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense why he ended up doing the score for uh, Aliens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's actually kind of a similar score in tone and, like, you know, uh, interestingly, Jerry Goldsmith scored Alien in '79. I did not know that. Oh yeah, yeah. I did yeah. know that. Actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We discussed that last time. We that talked is, about it last time. Yeah. That is interesting. That yeah. is a fun fact. I really like that fact, actually. And James Horner. They are different. Following up. James Horner, a man of sloppy seconds. <laughs> it is known. Yeah, a man yeah. of sloppy seconds and horns. Yeah, sloppy, <laughs> sloppy seconds and tight violins. Hell um, yeah. Um. So. Um, back on the Enterprise, Spock notes with his sensors that Reliant is reducing speed and seems to be backing off its pursuit. To ensure that Khan will follow him, Kirk has a Hura contact Reliant and proceed to taunt his nemesis, Khan, saying, 
We tried it once your way, Khan. Are you game for a rematch? Khan, I'm laughing at the superior intellect. And it's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Very good yeah. very good acting here from uh, uh, Will Shat. Uh, yeah. Mocked and enraged, Khan orders full impulse power above Joaquin's protests and recklessly heads into full pursuit. Oh, yeah. I'll say this for him. He's consistent, Kirk remarks, about his nemesis. This is a great the, line. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, it's so good. And mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. delivered so well. Like, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people like, talk shit about William Shatner online, which is. Yeah, because he sucks a lot of the time. And he's, yeah. he's not a great actor. He's very <laughs> hit and miss. I feel like mm-hmm. when he's, he's, he's good, though, he's good. And, like, yeah, he's, he's good on, in he's this on. and he's good in motion picture. Like, I, yeah, I he's, like, he's good in most of the Star Trek films, I'd say. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's he's likable sometimes. Sometimes yeah. he was nice on uh, that one lawyer show with James Spade. Legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watch that sometimes. Was that the show with the dancing baby? No, that, that was, was uh, Ali McBeal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. why do I get those confused? <laughs> it's like cause, like, because like there was like masturbated a... to both of them. <laughs> right you there, you there you go. There you go. There was also just like a million shows about lawyers uh, <laughs> at that time. Yeah, there still is, I think. Probably. probably. I don't know. Yeah. It's like lawyers and cops. like this. And doctors. Doctors. Yeah. Well, they probably have Chicago Legal now, done by fucking uh, Dick Wolf. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. Um, and Speedweed is, or Weed Speed? Oh, yeah. Speedweed. <laughs> Speedweed, yeah. He's also a producer on most of Dick Wolf's stuff. Which mm-hmm. is that's a great that's a great name. I bet he it's hangs really out with name. the ween dudes. Oh, I bet he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet like in like you think like they're just like some old like, you know, professional producer guys, but they're just like some like really far out wacky <laughs> just like bikers or something. I'm sorry, some shit. Yeah. So, like, come on, speedweed, let's hit the let's hit the streets again. After this, the Battle of Matura Nebula commences. Both ships are quite hampered by the conditions. But this is a good thing for Kirk, as previously mentioned, since it puts both ships on an even playing field with a uh, reduced and non-functioning systems. Uh, whereas an open space enterprise would have a more disable, a disabled vessel and would probably be fucked. The visuals here, I think, are great and probably the best in the film and the re- least reused in the film. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is actually... the most unique sequence, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, most unique effects sequence. Yeah, because Outside of, like, the, the Nebula... Genesis. Uh, project stuff. True, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're in the nebula, it's got like bisexual lighting, and mm-hmm. like, they're it. they're doing a lot of like cl- very slow moving and stuff in the nebula. It's really cool. It's, it's really good. Uh, it looks a little less perfect than the motion picture, but they spent so much mo- less money on it. It's yeah. still rad, you know. A game of cat and mouse follows. Uh, computer targeting is not functioning, so both crews must rely on manual firing commands and eyeballing the opposite ships on their static-filled view screens. Uh-huh. Sulu, uh, who is experienced at the helm, narrowly misses the Reliant due to turbulence, while Khan fires a torpedo uh, after the Enterprise, but both fail to land a hit. As they maneuver around the nebula, suddenly the static on the Enterprise screen clears enough to reveal that the ships are just about to collide. They veer <laughs> apart and narrowly miss colliding. And at such point, blank range, even manual firing, is enough for each vessel to inflict key hits on the other. Mm-hmm. The Reliant manages to destroy the port torpedo tube of the Enterprise, which it just showed, uh, which then returns fire and damages the Reliant bridge deck, 
causing an explosion that kills several of the bridge crew, including Khan's most trusted lieutenant, Joaquin. R.I.P. Joaquin. R.I.P. Joaquin. Joaquin uh, Flagstaff. <laughs> and uh, Khan vows revenge for this. Uh, main power on the Enterprise. Yeah, that great line, yours is superior. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joaquin says that is like his dying words. Yours mm-hmm. is superior. Obviously talking about his dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got a nicer dick than me, Khan. Have a good life. I'm going to die now. Why didn't they genetically modify mine to be better? <laughs> it was, <laughs> it's kind of weird and banks to the left real hard. Shaped like a banana. <laughs> <laughs> a banana runt. Oh. Banana laugh for taffy. Uh, main power on the Enterprise goes out again in the warp drive chamber. An engineering floods with radiation, forcing Scotty to take the mains offline just before he and most of the crew in engineering pass out. Mm-hmm. A shaken but physically recovered Chekhov enters the bridge, offering his assistance, which Kirk accepts and orders him to man the weapons control station. Kirk, still struggling with a strategy to trap Khan, listens to Spock, who suggests that Khan's battle plan... Uh, is two-dimensional thinking. Mm-hmm. Kirk, mm-hmm. inspired by Spock's comment, orders the ship to descend vertically. Khan isn't prepared for Enterprise to drop down its Z-axis as he passes overhead and then rise up behind him. Reliance torpedo pod is destroyed by a torpedo fired by Chekhov, and a phaser blast and torpedo hit blows off its port nacelle. Reliant is crippled beyond repair and drifts away, trailing plasma in its wake. Most of Khan's crew is killed, and in the process, uh, Khan himself is left maimed and barely alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the makeup here is actually really great, mm-hmm. and uh, the yeah. amount ex- of exposed wires on here are cool set design and just look like a fucking server nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, the poor IT dudes that had yeah, to right. you know, wire those ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in a last-ditch effort to destroy Kirk, Khan activates the Genesis device, which will recognize all matter in the nebula, including the Enterprise. With the mains offline, the warp drive is inoperable, and the Enterprise cannot escape the large explosion that de- the device will trigger. Unnoticed, Spock exits the bridge while Kirk orders a withdrawal at the best possible speed. Mm-hmm. Kirk arrives in the engine room only to be blocked by bones from entering the lethally irradiated dilithium reactor room. You mean Spock. Spock shows up. Yeah, Spock enters the engine room yeah, only to Kirk. be blocked by bones. Oh, sorry, did I? Yeah. Um, after first feigning compliance, an apologetic Spock nerve pinches uh, McCoy and mind melds with him, simply saying, Remember. He then dons uh, Scotty's radiation suit and gloves, which somehow fits him. I uh, think just the gloves. Was it just? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's just the gloves. Yeah. Um, and enters the chamber and endures the life-threatening radiation while repairing the main reactor. Mm-hmm. McCoy and Scotty yell at Spock to get out immediately, but he continues his work, ignoring their pleas. I'm wondering why they don't have any sort of robot or any mm-hmm. sort of mechanism that can 
uh, you know, service the reactor? Uh, I mean, the ship is not operating at full power. Uh, it could be like they can't power something like that. But it's on, it's on battery power. Can, but they could do, have do like the robots not have batteries. But they could have it just like mechanical arms yeah. that they can control from right. outside. They have yeah. like no way of like. Yeah, taking care of this. Really? Shouldn't they have like one understand. of you know like one of those things that you use to like get things down that are up too high? It's like a little gun with oh, a little yeah. grabber hand. Yeah, yeah. Surely they could have just used something like that, right? Just replicate one. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like having be like that, the only recourse. Like, also, why couldn't he have worn like a radiation suit of any kind? That's a great question. So as Enterprise crawls away from the Reliant, the bridge crew start to resign themselves to the seemingly inevitable fate of fucking dying. <laughs> Sulu says what everybody is thinking. We're not going to make it, are we? We're not going to make it. <laughs> oh my. We're not going to make it. <laughs> um, which uh, David silently confirms to Kirk. On Reliance Bridge, Khan quotes Moby Dick using his last breath. Saying, no, no, you can't get away. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. For hate's sake, I spit my last breath at thee. Which is a fun line, but like, why would you use your last breath to say that shit? To quote Moby Dick? <laughs> How does he know Moby Dick? He's Whatever. from 1996. Yeah. 96? I thought it was 2000 nope. something. No, it's 1996. Oh, 1996. Yeah, okay. from yeah. 1996. So, I mean. He's been on a fucking plan. I mean, I guess he could have had the book on the plan. Maybe like, he, maybe that's all the only book he had. He he read it. Know. He jerked off mm-hmm. to it. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just that's he based his whole, you know, personality around that shit. Mm-hmm. Like most of the pages are stuck together, but the good quotes are there. <laughs> yeah. The um, ones that talk about Ahab's leg <laughs> are the ones I'm really interested in. Uh, just all the royalty free literature in the world. I won't call you Ishmael. I'll call you. Little bitch. <laughs> All right, kitten. Stop for Ahab, daddy. The, uh, that up. Okay, so the the, the like button <coughs> thing that uh, Khan uses to enable the uh, <laughs> the prostate, the, the Genesis project. You know, it's like the, the prostate. Like, yes, the Genesis prostate. That's uh, what I call it when I come. Is the Genesis project? <laughs> yes, yes, of course, of course. Uh, but like, mm. there, there's like these like metal cylinders within metal cylinders that he's like mm. activating, and that thing mm. looks so cool. That prop yeah. looks mm-hmm. so cool. I remember like as a kid watching this, being like, "God damn, that looks so cool!" And then as an adult, I was watching it, thinking like, "Wow, I really thought that was cool as a kid." But fuck, it still looks really cool. <laughs> like, it's a cool looking cool. thing. I, I don't know. It's just great production design. Mm-hmm. So Spock finishes his work on the warp core bringing the warp engines back online just in time. Kirk, believing Scotty to have worked the miracle, orders Sulu to engage immediately as Enterprise streaks away into warp drive just as the Genesis device explodes, completely destroying the Reliant and killing Khan and all his people. The Matura Nebula condenses around the explosion, creating a planet called the Genesis Planet. Kirk contacts engineering to congratulate Scott, but he is surprised to hear McCoy's voice gravely reply that Kirk needs to come down. Kirk suddenly looks over and notices the empty chair, uh, which is the science station where Spock was sitting. And uh, like, there's some actually great acting here where like a look of horror, like watches over his face Mm -hmm. and he like rushes down to engineering uh, only to find Spock on the other side of the reactor rooms wall. 
Bones and Scotty restrain him from rushing in and flooding the engine room with radiation. With Scott saying that Spock is already as good as dead. Devastated, Kirk calls out for Spock and follows. The Spock, blinded by the radiation, staggers to the side of the trans uh, to the side of the transparent wall and hits it, but then rests against it. Spock asks Kirk if they are out of danger. Kirk says yes. Spock attempts with difficulty to explain to Kirk his reasoning. He says, Don't grieve, Admiral. It is logical. The needs of the many outweigh, to which Kirk replies, the needs of the few, calling back to the earlier scene. Mm-hmm. And Spock nods, or the one. Starring Jet Li. Hey, 2001, baby. Uh, My buddy, I went to the, yeah, speaking of banger, I went with my buddy to that movie and he finger banged a girl for the first time. Hell yeah. Hanging out. But you were there too? Were you like right next to them? (laughs) Pretty close, yeah. Pretty Um, close? Like how many seats away? Like at the beginning, like a couple. Do you like sitting there and you heard like, (laughs) like, (laughs) heard heard a horse eating? (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Ed with the peanut butter teeth. <laughs> nice. Um, you're so, just watching from afar. You're like watching the movie. You're like, oh yeah, this is the one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it was during the scene where like they do like the did the. There's so much new metal in that movie. There's a good chance that girl got you know fingers in her pudding. Oh my Down with the sickness. It just it just like fucked her up for the rest of her life with her. Just like now she'll over forever associate sex with ooh. Nice. That's the only way she can come anymore. Yeah, it's got to be playing in the background. She's got to be. Wow, she's just like me. She's just like me for real. Uh, we need an American do- uh, American girl doll that <laughs> only comes to disturbs down with the sickness. Hells yeah. yeah uh, we do. Spock states that he himself never took the Kobayashi Maru simulation until now uh, mm-hmm. and asked Kirk, what do you think of my solution? Kirk, stricken with grief, cannot reply. Spock says, I have been and always shall be your friend. Live long and prosper. Mm-hmm. He holds out his hand in the traditional Vulcan salute, and Kirk presses his hand up against the glass wall, watching helplessly as Spock slumps against the floor and dies. And this is like one of the greatest scenes in all of Star Trek. Yeah. It's fucked so hard. Yeah. It's good. I love it. It's so well acted. It's really good. Everyone rocks. Yeah. Um. Apparently, uh, like according to Leonard Nimoy's autobiography, the glass chamber that he's in um, was effectively like airtight, apparently. Oh god! And so they had to like slip hoses underneath it and <laughs> pump air into the chamber with like a like an air compressor. That apparently yeah. the air compressor was super loud. So like anytime <laughs> any one of them was delivering a line, like they had a dude like turning it on and off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like during that, so like there's just like just... an air compressor going in the background. It probably helped his performance, like with the dying. Like they're uh-huh. like he's like, <gasps> maybe uh-huh. they could have gotten a done like a lot lizard and drilled a hole in the wall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like why oh, couldn't yeah. they drill a drilled a hole somewhere where you couldn't see it? Yeah, and bones, <laughs> bones would be like, that's what I'm talking about. Or from the ceiling, or, like, or, or from the ground, a, like a tra- you're yeah. not seeing trans- either of those. Yeah, you could have had a grate. You know, it could have just been uh-huh. like a science grate, but it could have been a grate that pumped a, oxygen. A science grate. I like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's just a grate that just exists. It's there for science. The Scientific. Yeah, they're they're science. great. 
They're great. Um, I love using scientific reasons as an excuse anytime somebody <laughs> asks me why something's rules. weird. It's like space seed, space great. Mm-hmm. What, like, why does your dick space look cocaine. like that? To science, scientific <laughs> reasons, obviously. Science, yeah. It's yeah. an experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been messing with that. Went I've horribly wrong. Messing with CRISPR. Yeah, injecting mm-hmm. it into my dick, <laughs> jerking off to Star Trek. That's why it looks weird. It's not that weird. Were you judging me? <laughs> judging me? <laughs> all right. So uh, it takes all of his resolve to keep his composure, uh, Kirk's, as he sees his closest friend die in front of him. This time there's no going back. And there is a Triforce sticker on the wall for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Spock's funeral is held later on the torpedo deck. because That's where you want to be, you know, go for a funeral. Yeah. Kirk, they fire them all out into space. They do, I guess. Well, they should push them out the airlock. That'd be funnier. <laughs> uh, Kirk's just with no coffin, just like have them just watch them go out and explode <laughs> and freeze. Uh-huh. Rule. Uh, Kirk says a few words in Spock's honor, concluding with a befitting statement. He says, Of my friend, I can only say this. Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most human which is very racist i think yeah. probably the most racist thing you could possibly say at someone's funeral it's pretty insulting yeah it's super insulting it's like yeah like you know like your your mixed race friend his funeral and be like of all the souls i ever knew he was very white like, <laughs> what why would you say that at a funeral that's so fucked up man yeah and especially since he likes to be plus Vulcan it's implying yeah it's implying that there's no um virtue in being a vulcan Right? It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was part Vulcan, but he was, and, you and know, then, human, and, if you know what I mean. And then to add He's one of the good ones. <laughs> He's one of the good ones. I, I have Vulcan friends. Yeah. Right? I can say it. Um, so the crew then watches, and to add real insult to injury here, uh, fucking Scotty starts playing Amazing Grace on the bagpipes. Yeah. Which, he's a fucking Vulcan. They don't have bagpipes. It's not logical. Fuck the bagpipes. Well, okay, I didn't hate the bagpipes, and this is why I didn't I hate did. the bagpipes. And I, I typically hate bagpipes. Yeah. I'm on record stating I hate bagpipes, so take it, with, you know, take it with a grain of salt. That being said, didn't hate the bagpipes because it is justifiable in the sense that Scotty probably plays bagpipes. Like, sure. Right. And it makes sense that Scotty... He should have played that for his fucking nephew, who was Scottish. Scotty, being a yeah. friend of of Spock's probably wanted to perform at his funeral. And everybody was like, yeah, okay. I mean, we all love Spock. You it's bagpipes. They're very but divisive. Also, I'm pretty very sure divisive. I'm pretty sure it's a military tradition too, like to play the bagpipes at a funeral. This is exploratory, not military. I know, but this yeah, is but they prob- did, but they, uh, if John, yeah. but, you if, know, if they, Gene Roddenberry they, hated this, I agree with it. But they are, but since they are taking like the naval traditions, I do think it's a naval tradition. You know, to do you the know what else is? Uh, uh, the, the 21 gun salute. Yeah. Why don't they do that? Why don't they shoot up the because fucking Because they're in a spaceship. There? They don't want to shoot up nothing. <laughs> oh, I'm in a spaceship. They don't want to shoot a musket. Go fuck yourself, pussy. But yeah, like I'm pretty sure sport, like on bro. a I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure when they like like bury a body at sea, they play bagpipes and stuff. And also they do it at military funerals. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. That's no, they they play the fucking bugle, dude. Mm, I'm gonna have they to do research taps. those. What about the bugle pipes? That's probably oh it. yeah bugle yeah. pipes or if they, they they could play bugle chips oh put yeah put them on their fingers <laughs> crunch them a bunch yeah I like that one interesting thing about this scene is so Savic 
is crying in this scene. Mm -hmm. Um, and you'll remember she's a Vulcan. She's, so well, how she's does half that Romulan, isn't she? But yeah, so this yeah, she's is half the, Romulan. So apparently, now this is not talked about in the movie, but apparently mm. the character was originally written to be half Romulan and they just cut it out, I guess, or <laughs> you know, but like cool. that's apparently the justification for why she's crying. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Interesting. Which is like the justification that um Khan only recognized Chekhov because uh Chekhov wasn't on, you know, because it Chekhov wasn't on until season two. And that that is something we failed to mention. Uh yeah. fucking yeah. uh Khan recognizes Chekhov when they first meet, and Chekhov wasn't fucking there when Khan was on the show, mm -hmm. which whatever. So Nicholas Meyer yeah. has gone on record about this and being like, Yeah, I fucked up. But also, so did uh, Sir care. Arthur Conan Doyle, and his book still slapped. That was yeah, basically so, his, his... Which is interesting, because Nicholas Meyer actually wrote a, a Sherlock Holmes book hmm. novel back in like the 60s, which is 70s, something like that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after the funeral, Kirk is in his quarters and tries to read uh, from the book Spock gave him on his birthday but discovers that one of the lenses of his reading glasses was broken during the final battle with the Reliant. Exasperated, he tosses them on the table as David, his son, enters. Kirk tries to be dismissive, but David confronts him. We got a cat problem. Spencer's got a cat problem. What's your cat doing, Spencer? Cats being bad. Cats are being little guys who do lots of bad things. S sorry, What's somebody just do? came into my house, and I was like, oh, what, what the fuck? <laughs> what? So I had to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, and they, they were like, what the fuck are you doing? And you're like recording a Star Trek podcast, <laughs> and they're like... Wow. Wait, <laughs> okay, are, are, are they are they gone? They're gone now. Yeah. Did you lock the door? Yeah. Apparently I didn't <laughs> lock the door. Always lock your door, dog. Yeah. That's, wow, that's wild. Lock the door. Apparently like she this same person has done this before. What? That's the other thing. You should you should shoot them next time. Yeah, that's not um, chill. Just not well, chill. time to set up a bunch of Home Alone type traps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a better idea. I guess it's a booby trap. Sorry about that. Anywho. Yeah. Anywho. You're not okay with shooting them, but you're okay with like maiming them with a fucking Home Alone trap, yeah, like the, a brick to the head. Then they'll yeah. remember Jesus. what not to do. No, they'll die. They'll die with a Home Alone <laughs> trap. They should have all died. <laughs> yeah, she comes in and a paint can just like swings down and caves her skull in. So Kirk <laughs> admits to David that he never really faced death. And David points out that uh, Kirk earlier told S Savick uh, that how people face death is as important as how they face life. Kirk says those were just words, but David thinks they were good words from which good ideas come and come and come. <laughs> okay, I, I got to gotta mention one, one more thing about uh, Kirstie Alley's character. <clears throat> now I'm just reading from like a, the IMDb page here, and I think I'm gonna read this verbatim because this is interestingly written. Vermasturbatum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like thirsty alley. So I want to say this specifically: 37 of 37 people found this interesting. <laughs> Kirstie Alley was somewhat uncertain if other fans would accept a Vulcan female. And she endeavored not to make the unemotional female character seem like too much of a bitch by concentrating on the emotionality of Savick's 
Romulan heritage, which counts for mm-hmm. her crying on screen at one point. I just like that they wrote like not Jim be so much of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it's more amplified when it's coming from a woman from people who are just like, ugh, mm-hmm. how dare she? How dare she? I think it's perf- perfectly Romulan. Also, she's the only female Vulcan without a uh, TP in her name. That's supposed to be getting her name. Interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's T'Pau, T'Pring. Uh, toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. T'Paper. 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 So... David then tells Kirk that he's proud to be Kirk's son, which like, wh- why? He hasn't <laughs> yeah. been a good dad at all. He hasn't been a dad at all. The two of them hug. Yeah, it's then, like he's been completely absent, mm-hmm. and but he just did one okay thing. But he it kicked was his Spock ass. That was the hero here. Yeah, not Kirk. Yeah. It, yeah, it's again now. Yeah, just yeah, but then they they hug awkwardly at first, but then it becomes a genuine hug. And guess what? We get a captain's log. Captain's log, stardate 8141.6. Starship Enterprise departing for SETI Alpha 5 to pick up the crew of the USS Reliant. All is well. And yet I can't help uh, wondering about the friend I leave behind. There are always possibilities, Spock said. And if Genesis is, indeed, life from death, I must return to this place again. Later, on the bridge, Dr. McCoy, Dr. Carol Marcus, and Kirk stare at the Genesis planet. On the main view screen, as the Enterprise departs from SETI Alpha 5 to pick up the surviving crew of the Reliant. McCoy notes that as long as they remember Spock, he will not truly be gone. Kirk softly quotes the last lines of A Tale of Two Cities, something Spock was trying to tell him on his birthday. Upon McCoy's inquiry as to how Kirk feels, he answers, young. I feel young. I feel so young. A a view of the jungle flora is seen on the Genesis planet with a brief pause to show the torpedo casing containing Spock's body, which (coughs) has landed on the planet. As Spock's voice provides the final words in the film. Space, the final frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the Starship Enterprise, her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. End credits. Boom, boom, boom. So that uh, that shot of Spock's coffin, apparently, so that and the... Sp- oh, after he took a bong hit and he was coughing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah, so yeah. apparently, like, that shot and the... The, the Spock like voiceover was added in post at the studio's request, and Nicholas Meyer was not into it um, mm. because he didn't want to imply that Spock was going to come back. However, what's interesting about that is that they didn't have like any time left in the production, so that shot of Spock's coffin was actually shot in Golden Gate Park, uh, and they did mm. it like in an afternoon. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they awesome. did it like three weeks after the yeah. film like wrapped, and uh, people. And the thing is, like, fans freaked out about it, too, because they knew Spock was going to die in the film. Mm. Uh, and then they found out there was even more f- filmed after the film. So they're like, oh, maybe Spock could be And there was a big thing about it. So Also, a lot of people knew that Spock was going to die before the film was released because uh, a copy of the script was leaked. Mm. And, like, the fucking, the fan world hated it so much that they sent death threats not only to Nicholas Meyer, but... 
Leonard Nimoy himself, <laughs> which is like what? Hell so, yeah! So like we're gonna, gonna kill you in real life. Yeah, that's that's fucked up. Also, in the movie, it's kind of fucked up. Just like they make this new planet, and what they do is they fire an irritated irritated um body mm-hmm. that's like just full of radiation mm-hmm. to the surface to yeah. just fuck it up. And also, like, all, yeah, all kinds of different like Klingon or not Klingon, like fucking Vulcan sh- diseases and shit. That yeah, might be on them. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it's like they come back, and the whole there's just like this whole like dead area around it. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, what what do you guys think of this film? Uh, this film rocks. It's pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, I love this film. I, I think it's really good. Um, it's it's a different thing, though. You know, it's it's definitely like taking Star Trek in a different direction. It's a direction that later, you know, defined the series. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, or at least defined the like filmography of Star Trek, not necessarily the shows, but a lot of the 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 like we talked about before. You know, with with what you know, Next Generation ended up being, I feel like this film influenced the progression of Star Trek maybe more than even the original series did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah. it, its impact really cannot be overstated. Uh, that being said, you know, it is a good film and it is like a classic like 80s action-adventure film, uh, mm-hmm. which is nice. And it's a tight, it's a tight two hours. Like, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Are are you guys ready for something maybe controversial? I'm going to say here. Mm. Okay, so I believe that Nicholas Meyer is as responsible for what Star Trek became as Gene Roddenberry mm-hmm. and J.J. Abrams and Alex Kurtzman and Rick Berman. He is one of the most important people in the creation of Star Trek as we know it today. I'd put him in the pantheon, mm. but I, I I think somebody like yeah, he's like a, the Godfather. I think like somebody like Rick Berman maybe has more influence. Like that yeah. dude. Well, yeah, but Rick Rick Berman was also a way bigger asshole than everyone hated. <laughs> I'm not I'm not defending Rick Berman. I'm just saying like he, yeah. But also Rick Berman a took a lot of hints from Nicholas Meyer. Sure. And mm-hmm. like you know, yeah, like you know, you look at the first couple seasons of TNG and they're very directly influenced mm-hmm. by the Nicholas Meyer films because he did six as well right and he wrote four that's right yeah which is in my opinion maybe the best one oh i'm so excited to rewatch two six it's been so long since i've seen are all all pretty awesome for all of them slaps all the ones with a a nicholas meyer hand in them are awesome Mm -hmm. i will say yeah like uh wrath of khan definitely has the most uh um oh my god no, God is in number five. <laughs> right. God is in number five. Right. Uh, like popular uh, effect on popular culture. Yeah. Like it's the most, it's the most it's referenced. It's the most iconic by it, far. It's the most iconic. Like if you ask someone who's not a Trekkie, like uh, to quote Star Trek or something, they'll say like Khan or like yeah. they'll, 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 oh, they'll revenge instinctively. Revenge is a dish n- best serve cold, which is also another yeah. line in this film. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll instinctively like always go to Khan, but I always feel like if you ask a non-Trekkie also what their favorite movie, uh, Star Trek movie is, they'll say like um, number four. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because like, because mm-hmm. like, but uh, but it is the, like, I think it had a like, huge effect on popular culture. It's like, it's, it's appeared in so many other media and everything mm-hmm. else. So, uh, so I would agree with you. Like, it, yeah. I think he definitely had an effect on the tone of Star Trek going forward. Yeah, definitely. And interestingly enough, this was not by any means the most successful Star Trek film. Um, and 
on a budget of $12 million, it made roughly $90 million worldwide on its mm-hmm. initial release. Uh, but when you combine that with very strong uh, cassette tape sales, VHS sales... Um, oh, right. Oh, so interesting yeah. about this. So this was the well, first film released on VHS and Betamax that they charged... Uh, Forty dollars for so previously, previously before this, I think it was six. No, it was eighty. So most VHS tapes cost eighty dollars, but this was around the time Mm -hmm. that uh, VHS players started to get cheaper, and they started Mm -hmm. to get out there more. And they were like, you know what, we're gonna sell this one at half the cost of what VHS tapes typically are, and it was a huge success. And it actually like Mm -hmm. set the trajectory of that industry as a result Mm -hmm. of the success of this film. They made. So much fucking money off of the yeah. VHS sales. So, this film. actually, with uh, yeah, with home uh, video sales included, this uh, movie actually ended up making more mm-hmm. than uh, Star Trek One, and on a budget of you know like a quarter of what oh, yeah. they used, and so it was considered by the studio as a huge success, and they immediately put a third one into production. Mm-hmm. Oh no! <laughs> then, like... Well, you know, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll search for that mm. next week. Yeah. Hell yeah. But before we search for that, I think it's time, maybe, if y'all are still game, go into some subspace transmission. Subspace transmissions. Subspace transmissions. Hey, this is the part of the show. Hey, where we look at some stuff on the internet. You know, people, people... In addition to us, there are other people out there talking about Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan from 1982. And we're going to highlight some of their thoughts uh, here, this part of the show, Subspace Transmissions. So um, let's do it. Let's just get it it going. We're going to start off with some letterboxed reviews. Uh, We're going to look at those there, letterboxed reviews, and kind of go from there. Go from there. Uh, and so let's, let's kick it off. Okay. Uh, Bernie and bust said, gave Star Trek to the <laughs> Wrath of Khan. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I was in it for in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> gave uh, Star Trek to, uh, four and a half stars out of five and said a protagonist and an antagonist equally matched in swag level. Mm. I like that. I like that okay. too. That's a good that. sentiment. I, I would agree. Equally, they're not wrong. Equally matched not wrong. at swag level. Yeah. Yeah. In a swag out, I feel like Khan would have won the day in the end. Because I mean, especially after he took a good sonic shower, like right. Because mm-hmm. he was he only was not as swagless because you know he was dirty. Also, his dirty hair more. was real, so I feel that gives him that was real. That hair. was real hair. Uh, you were sure? I don't well, think I mean, like well, Montabon's all of that hair was real, but. He has hair in real life. <laughs> it may or so may not look like so this hair, but he's got hair. He's got hair, and th- and that does something to your psyche, and so it it make it gives you more swag. Whereas he's got hair. Whereas knows how to use him. <laughs> where Kirk obviously has like hair shame, and that that I feel that diminishes his swag a little. A little bit, yeah, you're right. No, yeah. That's true. That's true. I, I think you're on to something there. <laughs> now, speaking of people yeah. who are on to something. Oh, Vinny Sims gives Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan four stars out of five and says, unironically better than the Empire Strikes Back. Fucking fight me. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I would agree to that. Sure. I wouldn't. I mean, I could I could see how you could compare them and like like this one better. Yeah. 
I prefer Empire for sure. Same. Mm-hmm. This is good though. This even is though good. I don't give a shit about Star Wars anymore, Empire's pretty uh-huh. fucking good. Empire it's a kind of rocks. And like, I mean, as cool as Khan can ever be, n- no villain is honestly as cool as Darth Vader. Darth Vader's fucking cool, man. I don't know what it is. Darth Vader's just the coolest villain. Dude, you're so horny for Darth Vader. He's he's like the original fucking sci-fi goth. Of course, I'm fucking <laughs> horny for Darth Vader. I think that the uh, if you yeah. were me, you'd be horny for Darth Vader. That's like all I want. Have you seen how I dress? I wear like a fucking long coat, like Darth Vader, <laughs> An all the time. Rant. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Darth Vader's cool, okay. man. Yeah, sure. I'm not yeah. disagreeing. That's all I'm saying. Unhinged. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Food in movies gives Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan one star out of five. They say, listen up. Not enough food. Listen up. I'm playing the charge exclamation point mini game on We Play right now, and I don't have time to think of a good review. All you need to know is that Kirk ate an apple and drank Romulan ale, but other than that, there ain't shit in this movie Fuck this oh movie, fuck off. I like, <laughs> honestly, I like this account. This is a great yeah. idea. Yeah. So at first, when I was reading this review, I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I was like, uh, uh, okay, all right. Let's see what You're right, doing. actually. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, you have a purpose. Like, mm. I like I like this a yes, lot. Yes, it's fun. And he even asks for food, and it's like not delivered. Yeah. yeah. Instead, he has an uncomfortable conversation about being a fuck boy with his baby. <laughs> but mom. he eats an apple. He gets to eat an apple after that. Yeah. So he does get I bet food. he eats an asshole, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know he did. I also like the the reviews where they always, like, start off, like, saying, like, I'm doing this thing that's more important right now, <laughs> yeah. so I don't have yeah, time like, to do a review. Like, like, I, I, like you I'm tending do- to a baby, and I've got, uh, the stove yeah. is on, and I'm doing laundry. I don't have time <laughs> to write this review into my phone. Yeah. Then, then wait. You know, when the world's not dying for your review. You know I'm, I'm going to start out all my reviews like that. I was like, you know, listen, I'm masturbating right now, yeah. and I really don't have time for I'm this. I'm typing this review but, uh, with one hand while I masturbate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to go between Pornhub and this, and it's not working for me. So bear with me here. Yeah. Yeah. I need at least one hand for the uh, the prostate. <laughs> Speaking of which. Sulu style. Uh, Letterboxd user Netscape Negro uh, says... Excuse, no, that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> I, I'm assuming they mean like... They're, they're, not, they're not Hispanic. Spencer. Like the Modelo, you know? Uh, uh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. They're not Hispanic. No. Uh, okay. Uh, they give Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan five no, stars. What's their name? What's, what's their name? Spencer? <laughs> Uh, it's on the screen uh, for you to see. So. Yeah, I can see that, but you know, for our listeners. Yeah. So they, uh, I've already, I've already said the name of the person. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, mispronouncer. So they Can't say trust anything you say. Despite never seeing all of this, I knew every line as if I'd seen it one hundred times. Is this the power of autism intellect? Or, <laughs> I love whenever it's time to do an intense ass Star Trek movie and they really play up how much every aspect of being on a spaceship fucking sucks. 
I think that the reason why ships have carpeting and cozy chairs and everyone wears pajamas is because if a single phaser blast hits the ship or comes near, you're instantly atomized or sucked into space or doomed into sucking down some fucked up radioactive antimatter gas that kills you. Nightmare existence. Movie rocks, though. Nightmare. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Good job. Oh, yeah. 100% we love it. Yeah. Here, speaking <coughs> of things we love, here's something we don't love. I hate this review. Uh, Letterboxd <laughs> user Ribcage gives Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan five stars out of five. They say, I watch this every August with a glass of bourbon. <laughs> This year oh. was Chattanooga Whiskey 111. The 111 stands for the proof, which is felt as a quick, delightful shock when swallowing. For having a higher alcohol by volume, it's surprisingly low on burn beyond that hit at the threshold, immediately settling into a pleasing warmth and long-lasting mouth tingle. As to taste, I have a terrible sense of smell, so my palate isn't the most discerning. It's a complex sweetness, rich like cherries or plums. Again, surprised that a higher alcohol content didn't translate to a higher oaky taste. Overall, a very, very solid experience. Quote, I feel young. <laughs> Tip, tips hat. Mr. Trek. <laughs> yeah, this is the most like fucking Reddit ass like... Motherfucker. Mm. No one wants your shitty fucking whiskey review <laughs> on a Star Trek. I, I want to know what you think about that film. I don't want a whiskey review. Well, I, think I don't want to um, know what he thinks about the film. Well, I think it's heavily coded that he's actually talking about the movie. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, ex I, I accept like queer coding. I don't accept Reddit coding or whiskey <laughs> yeah, coding. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely like, think, Reddit coding. Like the high, yeah. the high alcohol content, he could be describing like the high action does not result in a more oaky flavor, like, like more a classic experience, or yeah, palatability or something. Like that's what he could be uh, referencing. Uh, like I'm just that's that that's how I was interpreting yeah, the review. I, I I hate that so much more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, he's trying he's yeah. trying to be intelligent about it, and like yeah. you're like, oh, everyone will understand this analogy. Oh yeah, he was definitely jerking himself off as he wrote this. It's like, mm -hmm. oh man, I'm so smart. I'm one so one smart. hand on the tumbler, the other hand on his cock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. somehow, oh, he's like. Alexa, dictate. <laughs> mm -hmm. Shit, one second. Alexa, cancel. Alexa, cancel. Oh, wait, that actually was listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Letterbox user <coughs> Mr. Dulac gives Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan four and a half stars out of five. Starts off with a Cole quote Dulac. from Kirk that I'm not going to read. And then his review is, The gold standard when it comes to anything Stark Trek. Don't trust anyone oh, yeah. who tells you different, especially not those next generation nerds. Fuck those guys. What? <laughs> I don't wow. know. Like, I, what? I, so, uh, Stark Trek? Like, Tony yeah, Stark? Yeah, yeah, like Tony Stark. Like, uh, is that a Iron Man no, crossover? No, no, no. This is actually a Game of Thrones crossover. Yeah, Stark. Yeah. Oh. Stark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. This is a shitty review, and it sucks, but... Fuck that guy for hating Next Generation. That guy can eat a yeah. Eat an that's ass. bizarre. Eat a stinky ass. Yeah, he must he must be like an old butthole. Yeah, yeah, it's like an old butthole. Yeah, yeah, like there's some there's good episodes of TOS, but a lot of them are just like, ugh. like yeah, season three is a dump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
big old dump. Uh, Pork Sweats gives Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan four and a half stars out of five. Says, Khan Bloodsucker makes me wonder if vampires exist in Star Trek. I'd watch Dracula versus the Borg. Pretty sure that's the that plot of Dracula awful. 3000, but, you know. Uh, yeah. You're kind of not wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, like, I would, I, I actually, that would rule. Like, I would love <laughs> to honestly see more space horror in Star Trek. They actually do it pretty well a lot of yeah. But also, wouldn't if he sucked the blood of the Borg, he would suck in the nano Oh, that's interesting. And so then he would so assimilate be, himself. Oh, oh and then you'd have a vampire Borg that are like, oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this shit writes itself, yeah. dog. Oh yeah. my God. Write, write a novel, Brit. Write a, you know, write a, write a <laughs> screen. Vampire, part. for some reason, I feel like Vampire Borg sounds like a fucking uh, Rob Zombie song. Vampire Borg <laughs> sounds like a fucking German EBM band. Uh, yeah, you're so right. So we're going we're gonna to go to... Bo- Borg pyre. Assimilate the bitches. Burn. <laughs> there you go. Burn through the net. Nacelles. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Slam in the back resistance is futile. <laughs> uh, we're going to move over to YouTube, where I looked up a, a YouTube video of the classic con scene, where uh, Kirk is yelling, con... Mm-hmm. And so I grabbed some YouTube comments from that video, <laughs> uh, which we're going to talk Con- about. Comments. Comments. YouTube, YouTube comments. comments. Uh, YouTube user Blade Runner 93 <laughs> says 13 years ago. 13 do, years do ago. Re- do you think uh, wow. Ricardo Montalban, when he uh, you know had to fuck protected, do you think he called him uh, condoms? Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Blade Runner 93 says, This is when Star Trek was at its prime. Brilliant effects, realistic violence, a killer plot. I miss those days. What do you think this dude means by realistic violence? Uh, obviously, like the SETI eels going into an right. ear. And that, then, that, that, I mean, that's oh, happened to everybody. I mean, and then I, the guy shooting himself and dissolving. <laughs> yeah, so I, I will say Khan, uh, like, yeah, his, like, being bloody all over the end there, that was sick as fuck. That and that's, sick. like, one of the few times... It, I guess in the new Star Trek films, they have pretty good gore like that here and there. And there's actually good gore in uh, Strange New Worlds. It was, yeah. Yeah, that Gorn episode. <laughs> brutal. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah. that was a gore, gory Gorn yeah. episode. Yeah. Gorny, Gorny. Make, you make yeah, me Gorny, you gorny, gorny baby. baby. <laughs> oh, we're both stupid. I hate us. <laughs> Almost that does sync. make me gorny though. Uh, moving on, yeah. Eric Hurtenberger says three years ago. Hurtenberger, that's a sick yeah. name. When that's that's what I call a beatdown. Uh, he says three years ago when he said buried alive, it made all the hairs on my plot stand end wise. What yeah, on your on plot? his plot? Yeah, when fucking Khan said Stan- that it was pretty yeah. sick. I don't know. Like that that whole scene where he's like explaining the backstory is sick mm-hmm. as fuck. Very good. Like yeah, Con- Ricardo Montalban fucked that film. Yeah. 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 He pulled out his dick and he fucked that film <laughs> and the film like Yeah, came well, yeah, with no condom much. though. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> no, no condom. No. Yeah. Uh jo- Josue Vega says 10 years ago I was watching the Big Bang Theory episode where Sheldon makes yes. a ton of Star Trek II references, yes. and I just laughed when he did this scene. So awesome! <laughs> so guys, guys, I, 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 wa- I watched, I watched an episode of Young Sheldon. What? Full oh, episode. What? 
It was, it was, it was on, it comes on after wrestling and I was doing a thing mm-hmm. and I just kind of like left it playing, <laughs> but I ended up like kind of watched, kind of, I, I watched the whole episode. It, it guest starred Wallace Shawn and I love oh Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Wallace Shawn was like his teacher. Yeah. His, <laughs> like his teacher had like a disagreement with him about how to calculate some shit. And like, it was Wallace Shawn being like a, a big nerdy doofus, which he's great at. And he was actually a, a real treat in the episode. Mm. Even though the episode was, you know, Young Sheldon, Young yeah. Sheldon, um, yeah. but you know, I, I came a couple times. <laughs> tight, tight, uh, tight. Uh, I hit, I hit the old meow meow button in the Sonic shower. Isn't Young Sheldon also like the son or grandson of some sort of like military general or something or somebody that works for the CIA? <laughs> really, that's pretty cool. That's, I didn't uh, know that. Cool. I Which wonder got- if it's. I, I assume like every television show is like a CIA plant at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Like I agree to all, that. All of them. Basically. John Krasinski, definitely a CIA plant. I'm still trying mm-hmm. to figure out. Yeah, he definitely is. Oh, like, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how like the boys is like a CIA op. Yeah. Um, I mean, they literally w- do work for the CIA. It's the true. Show, they but. do. They do. But, but yeah. they, they, they make the CIA like look bad. Yeah. Like, disorganized. It kind of makes them and, look like, cool and evil. though that they're employing the yeah. boys. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind, but like they're more rogue, and they like the actual. Yeah. There is that one episode where they're just like, yeah, we're pretty much just like taking drugs and going to sell them to the to, to the inner cities. Yeah, like, which the, they did. The CIA does. That. They do. They do. <laughs> so. Moving on, Lamont McCroskey says, three years ago, I just had one of these moments. There's an awesome sale on a 58-inch 4K TV, but when I measured the diagonal clearance in my car, I found out that it's too small, so I slammed my fist on the roof and yelled, Car! That's pretty good. I like that, too. I like how all these people are just sharing like these little things that are just like interesting to them. It's so <laughs> good. Like... I actually, this was like one of my favorite comments, and it had no likes. And I was like, really? Like, this one is actually funny. I don't yeah. I don't see a thumbs up. Why didn't you like I ne- I don't I never. I, I don't ever so any of the YouTube comments you are a any of these comments that why, I source, I don't interact. Hating? I'm just observing. I'm not. No, you not have to become. We have. No, we have to become a part of the ecosystem. I'm becoming a part of the ecosystem. You guys need to become. I like all. Ecosystem. I like all the comments on John Hinckley's videos when he. Nice. That's good. He's he's a good part of the Star Trek ecosystem. <laughs> you should you should you should comment Star Trek stuff back to him more often. He doesn't say anything Star Trek. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Like respond to him with Star Trek memes that are like oh, yeah. relevant to what he's saying. But I, on those YouTube videos, I like going in and seeing his little songs. I'm like, oh, that's nice. And people are always just like, good job, King. You should have wish you were successful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always <laughs> funny. I don't, I don't give a fuck that he was like mentally ill. I thought like Jane Fonda was telling him. To no, do no, it. no, Jodie mm-hmm. Foster. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Yeah. Like it, was, it doesn't matter because it was just a cool thing to do. Yeah. Regardless of what like. His but wasn't like it. It was he, cool wasn't he in love with Jodie Foster? Wasn't she like twelve and he was like twenty two or some shit? And it was like weird. He was mentally ill, man. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. He he got better. He got better. He got okay. better. All right. Now he's now he's releasing songs. He's doing tours. Yeah. 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 He's not <laughs> shooting Ronald Reagan. I mean, he can't. Oh, I mean, I guess he could. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool if he dug him up <laughs> and shot him. Or just like start firing into the yeah, ground. Yeah, that's tight. That'd be like. A Gigi Allen ass thing. To yeah, do. Sick yeah, as fuck. yeah. Keep in mind, we are not encouraging anyone to do that. <laughs> what to dig up? 
No, we're not encouraging people because we want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Us three are we, we want to be the can, first we, to we, dig we're up. We're allowed to say that we want to yeah, do it. Yeah, of course we want. We're not going <laughs> yeah. to. We are if Does, if anyone is likely to do it though, I'm saying mm-hmm. if anyone's likely to dig up Ronald Reagan <laughs> and like shoot him, it's likely some people like us. Probably. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, we wouldn't, but we can say that we we can say that. That's we, part of we free can, speech. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Legally, I'm not going to say that I'm going to do it, but I think you two guys and someone you know might. You need three guys, though, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> to take up Ronald Reagan and shoot him? Yeah, that's a three-man job. I don't know like, how you're going to do it for I worked in general yeah. contracting, and I can tell you that's a three-man job. You're yeah. going to need three, three guys. Plus, when you, when you got three guys, it's hands. really easy to do like a, like a triangle of power where you all jerk each other off. <laughs> You know, oh yeah, easy to do that. Just yeah. like put that as one little final little goodbye in the coffin before yeah. closing it and reburying it. <laughs> yeah, three, three guys. Three, you could also make three fifths of a burger, which which would be like a burger for a slave. Um, <laughs> what? Because <laughs> of the three fifths compromise. <laughs> what? <laughs> the five guys burgers and fries, oh. but we have three guys, so we can make. Three fifths of a burger. Oh, I see where you're going. For a slave because of the three fifths oh compromise. Oh my god! Moving on. Uh, <laughs> moving Justin on. Awesome Dragon Slayer says three years ago, just like the Big Bang Theory, when Sheldon screamed, "Wheaton!" <laughs> so we have two Big Bang Theory. Great. So good. Yeah. Wheaton. I love these. Yeah, Will Wheaton has been on there several times. Uh-huh. Like. Will Wheaton is the most like big bang pill. Dude, he's totally bazinga pilled. <laughs> he is so bazinga pilled. <laughs> he's so bazinga pilled. Yeah. Like, have you ever watched an episode I have of that never show? Seen it's, it. Yeah. I watched oh a Star God. Trek episode of it years ago oh. and I hated it so much. It is it like you like you just watching and your face is just completely stone. <laughs> no. Like there's no, there's nothing funny. No, no, no. The whole time I'm going. Like, well, I gotta, yeah. here, here's here's a reaction of me watching the Big Bang Theory. I go, mm-hmm. yeah, because I'm like, I, like the whole time I'm like trying to figure out, like, okay, I get that reference. Now, <coughs> what's funny about what they're doing? And I'm like, no, uh-huh. no, no, no. This is also the reaction I, just, I like, have to listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't. You don't actually listen to our podcast, Spencer. Hey, hey. I know better than that. Uh, Okay, moving on from Big Bang Theory. Rowan says two years ago. Well, we're never moving on from Big Bang Theory. That's well, no, not that's in our why hearts. We watch Young Sheldon. Not in our hearts. That's why we watch Young <laughs> Sheldon. But at least Young Sheldon does, doesn't have a laugh track, which is nice. Really? Yeah. Huh? It's yeah. It's it's like a single camera comedy, and that's actually pretty cool in format. Wow. And like, I like Wallace Shawn. Uh, is he a recurring character on that show? I don't know if he is or not. I, I, I've only watched the one episode. Young Sheldon. Cool in concept. At Dog Vorbis. Just, just <laughs> putting it out there. I never said that. You literally right? just said that. <laughs> well, I'm the one who edits the show, so go fuck yourself. It's coming well, out. What's the timestamp? Uh, 2.35. Yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> Rowan says two years ago, Another psychotic episode. I need my medication. Hyperventilating, about to have a panic attack in public while I'm discussing this with a publicist while I'm meditating. 
Oh. That's on him. Yes. This guy's going. This guy's the Joker. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's con pills as fuck. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, I love it when people just go off and random shit. This wasn't a response to anybody. This is just like unprovoked. I don't know. <laughs> I like when people share too much unprovoked. I think that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He belongs. He belongs on like 4chan. I think. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like a member of anonymous. Uh, economist. <laughs> Economist, the Economist, yeah, the Economist magazine, yeah, magazine for British millionaires. There you go. Mark Lloyd says five years ago, when I was in the army in our platoon, we had a guy called Con, and I used to shout his name like Shatner did. He didn't know what I was talking about, but my platoon sergeant knew exactly what I was talking about. As he was a massive Star Trek fan. LOL. <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's another one with the no likes. I like that he's just like, just, yeah, just I used to yell things. con at this guy. And like, he didn't get it, but I did it all the time. And my sergeant was like, oh, Star Trek. <laughs> okay. Probably just some Indian guy who had no idea what this guy yeah. was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Pretty good, though. Um, lastly, certainly not least. YouTube user Zoodmaster says two years ago, am I the only person who screams out con when I pick up a pack of hot dogs in the grocery store? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, you are, dude. Is, is there a hot dog company named con or something, or is he just unhinged? I think just unhinged. <laughs> I like that this one got a light, yeah. though. Yeah, well, yeah, well, like, is it because of, like, the hot dogs coming in packets of whatever and buns well maybe maybe it's because like the genesis probe look kind of looks like a hot dog maybe maybe it's maybe it's because the only meat he can afford is pig's bubbles (laughs) reconstituted into weird logs and he's like this this comment's gonna bother me because i have because i'm I'm genuinely curious (laughs) you're gonna masturbate to it later (laughs) i'm just gonna be like awake at night like what does he mean what does he mean person (laughs) what my, my my horny ass could never watch the Rathacon too. What does that mean? You know what I'm saying? What does it mean? Yeah, uh, I I like the non sequitur nature of this one. I don't know what it means, but I I approve of it. Con hot dogs. With that, I think it's time for to say goodbye to one of our friends. Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Well, the away team was in a pinch, and somebody had to die. But thanks a lot, time to beam up to the big red shirt in the sky. Today, we remember three unnamed security officers and Lieutenant Carlisle, all of whom served under James T. Kirk on the USS Enterprise. All four were vaporized by Nomad. Fuck. Who was generally a huge dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But ACAB, and they were all security officers, so maybe <laughs> Nomad was a working class hero. We may never know. Yeah, no big loss. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Rest in peace among the stars, brave lieutenants, and thanks for your contribution to the greater good, I guess. 
R.I.P. Bozos. Indeed. And I uh, I guess that's about the uh, the end of the old show. The here. end of the ye old show, that's for sure. Wow, we did it. Holy yeah, fuck. Sure. What are what are how are uh where, where where can I contact you online if I'm a listener to the show and I want to bother you and say a thing to follow you? Uh you can go to my website spencer.zone or at new metal cult on the socials. What about you? KVLT. Pat I'm uh, at Potomac Bomb on Twitter. Yeah, you can just reach out on any social to me at um, at Soy Trek, the Soy Trek anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So, and also, if you want, and we'd really appreciate it, uh, we just got to a point where the podcast is actually bringing in revenue. What? Which is interesting with our with our patron with our costs versus how much we're bringing in from Patreon, we're actually making revenue. Nice. starting next month, mm. which is pretty neat. Uh, and so we're going to uh, we thank everyone uh, for that. And uh, if you want to go check out our Patreon, and uh, we would really appreciate that, uh, check out uh, patreoncom BS. That covers both of our podcasts mm-hmm. that we're doing and any mm-hmm. podcast we do in the future. Yeah. And if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail, you can do that as well, mm-hmm. which is a psychotic thing to do probably in 2022, but you can do that. We won't answer, <laughs> don't worry. Uh, but that's uh, that phone number, if you want to call it, if you want to leave a voice, if you're drunk and you listen to this and it's late at night and you're like, wow, I just have to say something to these fuckers, you can do that. 425-310-2416. Yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. cool. That'd yeah, be cool. could be oh, cool. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Captain's Log! Supplemental. It looks like that's all, and it's time for us to warp away. Be well. Travel safe. And as Ferengi rule of acquisition, number 168 says, whisper your way to success. I'm sorry. Whisper your way to success. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Trekkers. Hang Hang on and and shocker. shocker. Soy, 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 soy.